Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. And so, um, they say in this morning's Independent that uh, some parts of the country got to 29.5 yesterday, but it's still officially not a heat wave, right? Definitions of a heat wave, apparently, according to Medairn, um, is any period of five or more days, consecutive days, where the maximum temperature exceeds 25 degrees at a single weather station. So undoubtedly that will happen. You need to get five days in a row of 25 degrees in at least one weather station. So definitely that's got to happen by the end of this week, isn't it? Certainly by Thursday we will have had 25 degrees consecutively over a five-day period. Like the highest recorded temperature in Ireland was recorded in 1887, apparently. I was Googling this this morning. It was at uh, Kilkenny Castle where they recorded 33.3 degrees Celsius, 33 and a third uh, in 1887 at Kilkenny Castle. We haven't come anywhere close to that yet, and I doubt if we will. Not this time round, but undoubtedly across some stage in July or August, we'll have another blast of this very hot weather. And many of the papers deal with it in quite some detail this morning. So that's the official line with regards to a heat wave. That's, gonna st- that's not going to stop me play a song in a minute about heat waves anyway. And many people, of course, flew away yesterday saying that we've had jabs and we'll still be careful. We haven't had jabs, but we'll be careful. We're lucky to get away. Many people with their luggage are traveling away through Cork Airport and Dublin Airport to the likes of... A lot of people actually going to Porto out of Dublin. A lot of people going to Tenerife and out of Cork they were going to Palma. So the great escape is the headline making this morning's mirror where they say temperatures are pushing 30. The tabloids love it, don't they? They love adding on one or two extra, but maybe the Midlands did hit 30. But the great escape is the front page there. The Wild West has turned into the Wild Hot West with Ireland enjoying Lanzarote weather and pages and pages of photographs of people on beaches. And I love the examiner this morning because They've got Red Barn in Yall. They've got Incha Donny. They've got uh, Kinsale. They've got, uh, where is that one again? Uh, Red Barn. Uh, not photographs of the beaches themselves, but people on the beaches. And in fact, there's one story makes the star down west, down west of the road in Baltimore, where um, a gallery, uh, an art gallery, was so hot indoors, they decided to just close up shop. And the sign says, too hot gone to the beach. Well, you need to make hay. Even the even the sharks are basking. Uh, where? Keem Bay. Is it Keem? I think it's Keem. It could well be Keem or Keel Beach up in Ackle where our finned visitors are taking the sun. Um, it's incredible the amount of uh, people that are taken to the beaches. You see the photographs, particularly anybody who's got drone footage at the moment from from certainly Cork beaches. But we've been asked to save water as the mercury continues to, to rise. And the issue with regards to people not being able to sleep at night, there's some tips making the papers today as to how to improve your snorecast. <laughs> I like that. Tips for sleeping in the summer, as the sun says. Close the curtains. In fact, there's somebody telling me, my wife is telling me about an article this morning where they're suggesting you should keep the curtains closed all day. I mean, who'd want to do that? keep temperatures down. I mean, you can't do that. I mean, the problem really is the feckin' windows are open and flies are coming in, but not much you can do about that. I mean, would you prefer if they weren't coming in and we didn't have the sun? Anyway, they say, close the curtains, turn off the telly because they give off too much heat, take a shower, and then another one. This is take a... You can take a cold shower before you go to bed well and good. Uh, use after sun to calm the body down. Wear cotton pyjamas, or maybe none at all. Chill the seats... Or sheets, I should say. How in the name of God would you do that? 
Um, I suppose you would put them into a, a bag and pop them in the freezer, is it? And then put them on the bed. I mean, you'd be absolutely exhausted and sweating going through all of that. There are many more, like, um, you know, avoid napping, ditch the duvet, sleep alone. Uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, my son actually yesterday put, you know, the little towels that you put in the bathroom, the small ones, they may be six inch by six inch. He was putting them in the freezer and they would come out rock hard, solid, frozen. And he put them on his head. <laughs> But his head is so hot, they just melt and like all this water drips down his face. But it seemed to cool him down. Airway to heaven is a story making the sun today. Thousands are taken to the EU as travel begins. And the travel certificate helpline has buckled. So much public demand. It was only supposed to be for emergencies. But undoubtedly it would happen that many people would call anyway looking for questions to be answered or digital cert delays and what have you. So they now have a second number and I'll give out that number in a few minutes time. Of course they continue to report cases. 1,071 cases reported last night. But thankfully no pressure um, in the hospitals and no pressures in ICU. But there is a fear of the virus hike and that makes the mirror today where Ireland's COVID incidence rate is now. It's at its highest now since it was in February. But the only difference, well, there are many, but one of the big differences is <coughs> they nobody vaccinated last February, and there is now. So they're thinking that if you've been a close contact that you won't have to uh, go and get PCR or antigen tests at official locations anymore. So you won't get the gold standard, but you will. they will send you, if you're a close contact, five DIY antigen tests where you will test yourself. Um, and do you remember that story from the Beacon Hospital that uh, gave out um, jabs to family members, etc.? Well, there was an investigation, a review into the hospital's um, behavior or carry-on, particularly that of its chief executive. And that review has been called a whitewash. The hospital review deemed that their chief executive acted in good faith which is kind of extraordinary that um, private school staff got vaccinated um, and uh, that was in, in good faith. No jab means no entry in the UK with regards to nightclubs. Everywhere else seems to be okay and come and go as you want, but I'm still told people are still wearing masks. Uh, but the young are having none of it. Um, and now there's a big outcry there with regards to passports needed and indeed uh, they're also saying about masks in, in nightclubs. Um, scam calls. You heard that in the news there at uh, nine o'clock. I have a scam call from a, a young woman who was uh, done out of a lot of money. An awful lot more than the 10 grand that the Gardaí are talking about. Cork people being scammed out of by phone callers claiming to be from different state agencies. I'll be coming back to that a little later on. It's a front pager making the echo today. I, I think this is just becoming more and more bizarre uh, and, I, and, and, and unsavory as well. The Ian Bailey story, the, uh, the interview with Sinead O'Connor was all very well, but I think it's a step too far now and the whole thing is turning into ridicule and we're forgetting that somebody died in this. Somebody was murdered and uh, this is an unsolved murder. So stories that are making the red tops about um, uh, w- women or particularly a woman who's Ian Bailey's bosom buddy. I think it's just a little bit over the top myself. And um, it's none of my business whom, you know, people form relationship with. But I'm just curious as to why the Red Tops are kind of, you know, bigging this story up. It's the story of Amanda Large. I spoke to her before. She's a lovely lady, actually. And she made the headlines around the world recently because she uh, married um, a, a ghost uh, so I won't say any more about it than that, but uh, she's interested in Ian Bailey and the Red Tops just love that story. Sinead O'Connor says that she's giving her footage and audio from her conversation and filming of uh, Ian Bailey at the weekend to the Garda Shikona and also, 
um, the papers talk in quite some detail about um, the death of the Irish handyman. And you heard that other story about uh, domestic chore arguments in the home. I'll come back to that a little later on. But the Irish handyman is dying out. You might be very careful anyway <coughs> with, with the old-fashioned handyman who might come in to do electrical work. You can only get electricians and those that are certified to do it. But the average age now of electrical repair experts is 59 years old. So it's not so much the Irish handyman is dying out, but many of the trades are dying out. You know, the guys... And anyway, who fixes washing machines anymore? I know some do. Or who fixes fridges? People just get rid of them. And they just get new ones, unfortunately. And it's hard to get parts for them now anymore. And I think that's probably intentional. I mean, if there were parts for pieces, for equipment, you'd get them repaired. But a lot of the time, you just can't get them because the manufacturers don't want you to repair. They just want you to buy new again. And they also talk of um, a woman's work being never done, particularly by our other half. Um, so apparently they claim that very little has changed in the house, that the chores are still primarily done by women. One interesting one I see that hasn't changed is that men never win an argument. In fact, the survey said that 7% of men that were asked believe <coughs> that they win arguments. 7%, which means that 93% of women win arguments. The Neil Prenderville Show. Arguments, arguments, arguments. There was a story in the Telegraph on Saturday that I'll come back to. It's another form of arguments. It's more to do with arguments during divorce, what people argue about in the breakup, um, the things that they argue, argue about, money, um, um, you know, uh, designer handbags, shoes, golf clubs, jewellery. Even the price of a guy's racing bike. That's what's happening in the UK now with high-end divorces. And it's annoying the courts because the courts are saying you are wasting our time over this triviality. Anyway, lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868104106. And I said earlier that we need five consecutive days um, to be a heat, wi- heat wave. Gave you the details on that. Um, I don't care about that. It, it's sunny weather. It's summertime. I believe we're in a heat wave and we should make the most of it. Gives me an opportunity to play another heat wave song. This one by Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. That's a good one. You want a very thick skin around this place, you know, the abuse that I have to put up with. Yesterday, she was giving me grief, uh, the bowl Brenda Dennehy, because of the Andrews sisters having a heat wave, tropical heat wave. And today, it's grief over Martha Reeves and the Vandellas heat wave. You, you, you haven't a clue. You haven't a clue, not a clue. Um, what do you think, guys? Derek, that's a damn good song, isn't it? Back me up on this. Otherwise, I'll be starting to feel, oh, my God almighty, am I misreading the temperature? 29.5 and still not officially a heat wave until we have five days in a row. I'll probably eventually run out of heat wave sounds. Or maybe I won't. For I have another one by a cork band called Fire and Water. And their heat, heat wave will feature on the air a little later on this morning. Anyway, that that's just a bit of fun. Um, but seriously, fighting over the TV remote, loading the dishwasher, putting food in the already full bin. Oh my God, there are 50 common arguments in total, but apparently they're one of the top 10, or there are a few of the top 10. I'm sure you could add to that, um, but I was mentioning early on with regards to uh, people who argue during divorces, and the Telegraph was saying, estranged couples tussle over designer watches, high heels, expensive road bikes, in front of judges who are rolling their eyes to heaven in the UK saying, would you go away and just sort out this nonsense? 
divorcing spouses now argue over clothing and shoes the same way they used to do about arguing over the house, for instance, or, or maybe the car or larger assets or bank accounts. 40,000 couples took their divorces to court uh, last year, apparently, in an attempt to resolve arguments about how to split their assets. You need to, apparently in the UK, dispose, you need to, you need to at least let the courts know, so disclose, I suppose, any asset worth more than 500 pounds by all accounts. So you're talking about jewellery. Handbags. A recent dispute involved a couple fighting over your man's Rolex that was worth 70 grand. She wanted that surrendered and halved as well. And apparently they are now using social media activity in court as well to prove that their spouse, husband or wife, has more money than they claim they have. And they're using social media photographs to show the high-value designer items that he or she is wearing in big settlements. And this uh, there was the case of, you know, those going to court who um, spy on their partner, particularly if the partner's posting photographs on Instagram with their new partner while going through a divorce. That never goes down well, apparently. So in one case, a couple argued over the husband's racing bike collection. What in the name of God he wanted with 85 grand worth of racing bikes? I do not know. But he moved out of the family home and the wife held the bikes to ransom. And that ended up in court. Never mind the uh, settlements that eventually re- result in it. But that's one of the ways that uh, people apparently take... It's, it's a form of revenge or unhappiness, I suppose. Oh, and it's not just handbags and watches and bikes. Wine as well. Fine wines. Uh, because apparently uh, somebody with a fine wine collection could be sitting on a lot of dosh. Because they just go one way. That's up. Unless you're drinking them, then they go down. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Uh, I'm losing this one, lads. I'm losing this one. I think um, uh, very unkind. But what can you do? Desi says, never mind your heat wave. You must be suffering from heat stroke playing that song. Not very good. It sounds terrible. <laughs> Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. Another one here. Support for Brenda. More crap songs, I see. Give up the DJing. You're no good at it anymore, says Jenny. Ah. Okay, I'll tell you what, you guys pick the summer songs, so you pick the Sunshine's songs instead. Text 0868104106 if I'm incapable. Anyway, drive on. Lines open for all of the business. 1850104106. Uh, Teresa Venables has shop in Ireland.ie. Teresa, good morning. Good morning, Neil. When did we, when did we last talk? Um, it was uh, late November. So we're talking um, about maybe eight months? Yeah. Around that, yeah. Right in the yeah. middle of uh, this COVID pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had. Uh, I had set up a Facebook group at the time um, to help the small businesses who were having to close for the Christmas shopping That's season, right, and um, yeah. it just helped them find a, a customer base very quickly, and it just took off. So we turned it into a website. And that website, shopinireland.ie, has. Yeah. Um, Past the one million euro mark, it has yeah. In we, online um, sales, in online sales, yeah. Just in the last few weeks, uh, we hit the one million in sales, and those sales are going into the hands of the small businesses in Ireland that would have otherwise been closed during that time or struggling anyway. It's an incredible success story. You have uh, over a thousand businesses selling through your website, and over thirty thousand yeah. products for sale upon it. And you've turned yeah. one million in sales, the platform yeah. that you created, helping small businesses to sell their wares in an online in an online world. It's incredible. 
I mean, we're we're very proud of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, had you had you a target in mind? Had you a date in mind for for something like that? A million? You know, we didn't um, because I just we just set it up. I mean, myself and my sister. My sister came in on the business with me at the beginning when I had the Facebook group, and then we found uh, a web developer who came on board as well because we did this with no money, just a lot of grit and determination and he um he came on board with his services so he became a partner in the business with us so there's three of us and we've just worked around the clock and we we take five percent commission which i think is really really reasonable um so 95 percent of those uh one million in sales have gone directly into the hands of absolutely the absolutely businesses. i mean you're a commercial enterprise and when you say a thousand small businesses and thirty thousand products Give us a flavor of what you're selling. Oh, there's everything and anything on there. We kind of we want to be like an Amazon style business, but for um, just small businesses within Ireland to give them a chance against the big boys when you're shopping online. You know. Yeah. So we have, um, you know, people who are there's a lot of crafters on there, um, artists. Um, really unique products that you just wouldn't see down your local um, big sh- stores, you know. But we also have small boutique clothes shops on there. Um, we have jewellery shops on there. And then we also have jewellers who are making directly and selling directly. Um, so really, there's, a, there's a, you can even buy, you know, uh, fertiliser for your garden on there. Or you can buy um, a bottle of whiskey on there. You know, there's just... Anything and everything, really, you can think of is on there, you know? Yeah, I see it here. I, that, the next stage probably will be an app, will it? I, I Probably, yeah. That would be coming down the road. Um, it's just, uh, at the moment, we're still growing at such a rate, and it's quite technically challenging to make sure that uh, the way we set it up, in particular, that's different to any kind of similar site, is that the people who sell to us get paid immediately at the point of sale. Mm. So we don't hold the money and pay them at the end of the month or any of that stuff. So by doing that, it just makes it technically a bit more advanced. So um, we'd need a bit more funding to, you know, expand the business into an app and things like that. Yeah. But we're getting there. We're You're getting, oh, absolutely. Stuff. Absolutely. <clears throat> I see all the different sections looking at it this morning. You've got garden and outdoors and then art, as you say. Lots for children and babies. Loads of eco yeah. products. L- over th- over 3,000 different fashion Outlets, many, yeah, many food yeah. and drink, lots of stuff for the home, uh, hair care, accessories, handmade crafts. Um, I mean, it just goes on. Even, even gifts for the dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of uh, personalized gifts on there as well, which is something you can't just pick up when you're in town shopping. Where you can, um, when you're ordering it, you can enter in. Say you're buying a gift, even for your. Uh, for somebody who has a new dog or if you're buying for a new baby or you can do personalized I gifts. see the personalized doggy bowl, so yeah. You can, yeah. Yeah, so they'll, they'll come printed with the name of your dog on it or you can get T-shirts or artwork or, you know, this endless stuff there that you, you know can something get really personalized. From 14 euro for a personalized doggy bowl, that ain't half bad. I mean, yeah, I think that's the other thing I think that a lot of people have this mental block that, oh, shopping in Ireland is... Uh, you know, more expensive than shopping from overseas. But, like, it's not always. I mean, obviously, you can buy cheap stuff from China, but, you know, there's been a change to the VAT rules as well very, very recently that people may not be aware of. Not just VAT, um, but excise and weight. Yeah, so you can get get a hit with 
a lot of extra charges now when you're ordering. I mean, they always existed, but most of our shopping in the past would have been done online through the UK. Yeah. And the UK, obviously, being part of the EU, we weren't paying these extra charges. But now, since Brexit, they're a non-EU country. Yes. So yes. you have to pay. And it, things were slipping through because you could order up to like almost €30 Euros worth and not have to pay anything. Um, but now, since the 1st of July, it doesn't matter what the value, you have to pay that on it at Irish rates. So and also, have you noticed that an awful lot of those overseas that were selling to Ireland have stopped doing it? They're just saying not available in your location. It is, yeah. Yes, and yes. also, you know something, the likes of yourself, shopinireland.ie, people will get the product a lot faster too. Absolutely, yeah. 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 I mean, some of this um, is delivered next day. It depends on, you know, again, if people are making it to order, obviously there's a wait time. And, you know, but some of, um, some of the stuff on there you can get very quickly. And you're dealing with the person directly as well. So you can say to them, oh, I need this for a birthday next Friday. Is there any chance? And they're really, really accommodating, you know. So, and, you know, when you're dealing with the small business like that, the service you get is just leagues ahead of what you'd get with a faceless, you know, business. Well, yeah. I wanted to come back all these months later to see how things went, and I'm glad that you got in touch with me. Um, you're trying to continue to create awareness for shopinireland.ie. Do you come up in a web search for a product now, if somebody's Googling a product? Will you come up? We're, we're, we're still struggling to rank on products. And um, if you search shop in Ireland or shopping in Ireland or anything like that, will come up. Uh, some products will come up, um, but it's it's not, you know, it's it's hard to rank on Google when you're a new business. Um, Does that cost money, we're, we're forgive me? It. Does that, you gotta, yeah, yeah. You gotta and, buy that, uh, you gotta buy that place? We, we, we did invest money in it for a while there, but, you know, we're only making 5% of the sale price, so it's costing us more than that to advertise for the yeah, product. Yeah, I know. So it doesn't work out as a business. I know. But it's, we're, we're getting there and, um, and the, the sellers that we have on board are doing their best to, you know, improve their, their product listing to make it kind of Google friendly. And so we're working through a lot of that at the moment. And, um, and it's, it's going well. You know, you, you, we will come up in certain searches. Um, but really, we just want the awareness that there is a website out there um, to shop in Ireland and to, you know, you can shop local and support your local business and shop online and have the convenience yes, of shopping indeed. online at the same and time. And it's, you know? of course, of added interest to us that it is also a big Cork success story. So well done on that. Let's chat again when you pass two million, shall we? <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Right. Okay. <laughs> you, so where are you based, Theresa? Are you down east, if I remember correctly? Yeah, I'm a, I live in Castlemarcher. My it. sister's in Ballancolic, but we now have moved into an office at the Rubicon Centre in uh, CIT. Fantastic. Um, the Who would have thought, thought that 12 months ago? Well done. Congratulations. We'll talk again Thank soon, so all right? Much. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, Teresa. Shopinireland.ie. Check it out, lads. You'll be surprised at what you'll see there and you'll be surprised at the prices. And you will be helping um, organic, native, small Irish businesses. Lines open at 1850, 104, 106. Please give a shout out to Steve Byrne, whose birthday is today. He listens every day, loves the show. Wonder if he loves my summer songs. That's from Rossa and everyone else in the material handler department in Shrike in 
Tullagrena. Uh, if you could read this out between nine and half past, that would be great. So I'm slightly late with it, but happy birthday all the same, Steve. Have a great day. And with regards to the jellyfish, it was in y'all yesterday. It was a beautiful day. Brilliant watching the kids having such fun. But they were taking jellyfish out as they jumped in from the slip way in, slipway in the town. They thought it was funny to kick them like balls back into the water as their parents watched. Sorry now, but I thought this was horribly cruel kicking them, the jellyfish. I didn't say it to them. I did say it to them, but it fell on deaf ears. It's cruelty, and they need calling out on it. Well, they do, 100%. And then yesterday, we were talking about people who release things, uh, and I was talking about, uh, the, you know, I saw a lizard uh, down in, in, in Balanskelegs, and I didn't know whether they were native or not. Um, Chris says, lizards are native. Um, thank you. I didn't know that they were, you know, I thought that you had to be very, very hot climate for things like that. But I did mention, and I had a caller on the air who saw um, fully grown turtles in the lock. And I was saying a lot of people released terrapins that they got fed up of into the lock and into the Atlantic pond. Uh, and the caller that was on the air was worrying, um, you know, would they survive? And I w- the point I was making was that they, they do survive there and they thrive. I also said that they damage the ecosystem of the waterways and things like that. So I don't know why this texter didn't hear me saying that, but I'm surprised at your lack of knowledge about putting any species into a waterway, land or anywhere if it is not native to the country. It will never have a good outcome for our own native species. It will normally mess up our own ecosystem. Look at the Chinese plant people brought in. Now it's all over the place. If you're talking about reintroducing something that was wiped out say 400 years ago, that's a different story. But putting anything that will thrive in our water or land will always have a bad outcome for our own species. This is only common sense. Yeah, happy to pass that on. Lines open at one 106 Lots on animals and dogs in hot water, in hot weather. And I will come back to that. But another update, uh, revisited Teresa and her shop in Ireland.ie website. Do you remember the story of all of the different scams that were going on a few weeks ago? One of them was Gary. Um, and uh, we tried an endeavour to get help for Gary to sort out the mess with his patio and back garden. All of that work has now been done and he sent on the video and it's an incredible job. Gary, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm delighted for you. Could we just maybe just revisit um, the original job, what you had got done and the type of job that was done? Yes, it was uh, slabbing of approximately 30 square metres and uh, what was supposed to be a pergola timber structure. And everything was... The pergola was all uh, wrong materials. The water was pouring in. The manholes, uh, the concrete had had dropped through the manholes and blocked up all of the sewer pipes. It was just a mess from start to finish. The steps were all built up too high. Concrete at the door. I was lucky I was a sliding door ahead. Or I wouldn't have been able to open the back door. So everything well, was a mess from start to finish. How much did you pay for that? Just remind us. Five, just under 5,000 euros. Okay, all right. So that was that. There was there was no comeback. Um, you, despite trying, no. your man didn't want yes. to put it right or whatever the case may be. So you belayed the loss of that then. Um, and that was five-star fencing, incidentally. So then at that yes. stage, we spoke on air and uh, you got offers of help. Now, some showed up. Uh, or didn't do the work or couldn't do the work or got rained off, was it? Yeah, well, they came down, a few lads came down with the best of intentions, to be fair to them. Yeah. But they just realised that the job was just too big for them. And they're so busy in the work that they were in, they couldn't make the commitment because they would have been leaving other people down. They didn't realise it was such a big job. How much did you think it would have cost to put right? 
Um, it would have it would have cost uh, several thousand to put it right. Right. And in the end, in the end, it cost me about two thousand. And Donald was right. the guy who stayed the course. No disrespect to the others, but he. What no. did he make of the work, Donald? Donald O'Connor is his name from Connor. Um, could not say enough about the man. The help he gave us, he was full of enthusiasm. It, it picked us all up, really. His his personality and enthusiasm picked us all up. So he couldn't believe it. Um, first of all, uh, the whole timber frame had to be taken out straight away because it was dangerous and it just had to be discarded. There was none of it could, could be used again. Uh, so then we progressed to make a plan. And so all I had really was done. So he was able to acquire all the materials at cost and he did. He, he restructured and built the pergola from scratch. How, much did, how long did it take him to do all the work? He was coming down after work, so it was several evenings, and he even came down on a Sunday. Isn't that amazing? Did he tell you, if you had got the job done right first day, how much it should have cost? Um, I, I'm, no, he didn't say, but I've seen prices of them as between 1500 and $2,500. Oh, for God's sake. Seen. You could have got a proper yeah. job done for two grand, and you got this mess for five grand. Yeah, well, that was sorry, that was just a bubble. I know it would have cost that much. Um, there was talking meters of slabbing as well. All right, so it would have been more than the than the a two grand. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's just for the bubble. Sorry. All right, so how much did Donald's work cost? Um, he wouldn't take any money off me. He just got the timber at cost, and he still hasn't given me the invoice for the timber. He said, "There's no rush. There's no don't worry." About it. He's incredible. Worry about it. What, what, why, do you, why do you think he said that? I mean, that's overly generous. Yeah, it is. I mean, it just gives you faith in mankind again, really, doesn't it? You know, when you're just talking and you see people like him come along, you know? Giving up his time in the summer uh, to come down and correct somebody else's cowboy botch job. That's fantastic. So the vi- is actually, I couldn't say enough about him. I've seen the videos and we're going to share them on Facebook and Twitter. You must be delighted. Yes, yes, I am. I, I'm delighted. Um, uh, as well as the, on the groundwork, then we kind of, uh, came together and came up with a plan and my daughter's partner Ken Casey um, a lovely lad he's lucky enough he was, he's in kind of construction groundwork so he came in and dug up all the manholes and shores and brought them back up he supplied the materials himself and the labour and brought them back up and then he got um, one of his workmates to come in after work every evening last week and at a reduced cost to what he'd normally charge he did all the slabbing for us the labour win win yeah, when, when. Yeah, and then uh, I went to a man, another gentleman, I'd have to call him in, classic driveways in Ballancolly, and he's got some beautiful stuff. I would recommend anybody to have... What's that company called, did you say? Classic? Class- classic driveways is in Ballancolly, out by Corrigan on the bypass. Right, okay. And um, he's just the kind of man, he'll come on in here and sit down and we'll see what we can do. Super. And he had some beautiful stuff, and to be fair, he gave me... Um, a beautiful marble slab and he just gave it to me at cost price he says and he he, he paid for the delivery himself that's a great story thank you so much delighted you shared that story and came back to us are you enjoying it I see you have the barbecue up and everything I <laughs> we had a, we, yes we enjoyed the weekend with it yeah, very much so my wife says couldn't be happier yeah. um, I think I shared a picture of my little one with the dog and she happy out as well <laughs> delighted for you. Donald O'Connor was the carpenter that we referred to, did all the work on his own time at night. Donald, good morning. Yes. Good morning, Neil. How are you? He hasn't given you a cheeseburger or a steak off the barbecue yet, has he? Uh, there's no pressure. No pressure. 
<laughs> Listen, well done on everything you did to put it right. Fair play to you. Oh, Gary is absolutely yeah. delighted. All in your own yeah. time, so it was some undertaking. Happy with the job? Yeah. Uh, very happy with the job, yeah. yeah. Maybe he doesn't listen to be learned from the listeners, you know, you know. Just be very, very careful of businesses, particularly advertising on Facebook. Referrals are very important, aren't they, Donal? Referrals are very important. They maybe go see a job that they've done beforehand, you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to buy a car on a out of a picture, or, you yes. know what I mean? You're well, a lot of the pictures that we found up on the Facebook pages, they were fake. They were from other yeah. websites. They weren't their work, yeah. you see. Like, you won't, you won't beat the real thing, you know. Go, yeah. go and have a look at a job before you get just the price or whatever you know. You got it, you got it, you got yeah. it. All right, okay, yeah. well done. Um, somebody was saying here, I know Donald O'Connor, during the big freeze of 2009, we had a burst pipe in the attic. He came to our rescue, a great man, says Eilish in Tallow. So there you go, oh, your your work is well yeah. respected and known. Fair play. Very good, very good. All right, are you busy, Donald? Yeah, I'm, I actually work on a building site there. I work for uh, DCN Developments there in Glamour. I actually drive a lot of for them, you know. Okay, well, you're a very kind man to do all of that on your own time. Don't bother. Listen, so happy for everybody. Gary, delighted for you. Donald, thanks so much for coming on board. Um, Don't bother, Neil. It'll come, back to you. it'll come back to you in spades. I'm sure it will. Appreciate it. Thank Don't you both. Neil. Cheers, Donald. Cheers, Gary. Bye-bye. Take care of yourself. All the best. And it will come back. You know, good karma comes back. So does bad, incidentally. Lines open at one 850 I've got to be chatting a little later with uh, with Christina, who is a young Spanish girl who's been working here in Cork for some time um, and got one of those phone calls that I've been telling you recently that her PPS number was, um, you know, that was being used for fraudulent activity. It's, it's a very interesting call, actually, um, that I have for you, um, because what they do is when they ring you, they, they, they say, oh, they frighten you first, right? Uh, as in, there's a warrant out for your arrest. And then they give you some optimism and you feel a little bit more kind of relief because they say, listen, we, we actually believe that it isn't you. We want to help you, you know. Uh, so they kind of gain your confidence. That's what happened with Christina. But ultimately, she was scammed out of a lot more. Let me just put it. She doesn't want me to give out the actual figure, but it was an awful lot more than 10,000 euro, I can tell you. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Came across a a Twitter post there at the back end of last week from Dog Trust, Ireland's largest dog welfare charity. They received hundreds and hundreds of requests from people seeking to surrender their dog. Um, Imagine a lot of these dogs started out as puppies. They came to the homes during COVID. They started to grow. People got fed up with them. They couldn't handle them. It was a bad idea. So they were giving them up. They were literally telling people, you know, and, and apparently people were threatening and saying things along the lines of, you know, if you, you know, if you don't take our dog, if you don't take the dog quick, then we're going to have the dog put down. Horrible stuff like that. Um, so I was wondering whether or not, and this was up the country, and I was wondering whether or not this was happening on side. the number of pet dogs being dumped by owners across Ireland, because apparently it's doubled since lockdown restrictions started to ease. I mean, pets, particularly dogs, are not a, com- a usable commodity that you can then dispose of, but apparently that is happening. So I put in a call to Vincent Cashman at the CSPCA down Mahanway. Vincent, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Any evidence of that helping, happening down our way? Yes, unfortunately. Um, at the moment, 
and last week was particularly bad. We could be getting maybe six to seven calls per day um, looking for people to surrender their animals that to us. That many, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of them would be dogs that would be 13, 14 months old. Um, and no, look, even last week, we had people that were after getting their, their COVID certs and uh, they're going away on holidays and they now it doesn't suit them to have the dog. So they need to get rid of the dog. That is so cold and, and heartless, isn't it? To think like that? Yes. Um, you see... As we had discussed and we, we had we talked about this on numerous occasions, Neil, this was coming down the tracks, we all knew it. Um, people went away and bought dogs on a whim. And they bought dogs because oh, I have a bit of time now at home. This isn't going to last forever, hopefully. <laughs> it's not going to last forever. And society will return to some new form of rea- of, of normality. So it, it's taking on a dog was a huge responsibility that they didn't really think about. But, then, well, how come they did, but how come they didn't bond with the dog? You know, like, as one of the tabloids was saying there recently, man's best friend, but only when it suits, is it? That's I mean, basically it. But surely you At would form a bond and a love and a relationship with the dog. Right. You had people, Neil, I said to, to Seamus there this morning, that if they came across, you no know, dogs were in short supply, hence the amount of dog theft, the amount of basically unsolicited dog breeding and everything else that went on last Correct. year. Correct, you're right there last year. If, if they came along and they went away and they bought a dog, it could be crossed, a Labrador cross with a Bengal tiger and they'd go in and they'd get it because it had four legs and a tail. Yeah. There was no research done on the breed. It was a dog. We had people getting German shepherds, uh, Belgian Malinois, that are living in, in apartments, that are living in, in two-bedroom houses, tiny gardens. And now they're trying to get to, to grips with the fact that this dog needs an awful lot of exercise. Yeah. It needs an awful lot of time because if they're heading into their, we'll say, their early teenage years. So in The dog's teenage years, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it needs, it needs the schooling and training. But they've discovered that the dog that they've gotten needs more work than they're willing to give. And if you're getting, I'm saying, 50 calls a week over a seven-day period, and that's just you here in Cork, and there are others yes. in Cork, of course, rescues that are possibly getting those kind of calls as well. What's the storyline that they're giving you? Surely they don't say, we're going on holidays. Surely they don't say, we're yes. fed up with the dog. Yeah. Yes. They do. Believe it or not, yeah. yeah. Now, some people, depends on the story, you'd know the calls, you'd know the number. Sometimes the story would change. So the way we're operating it, the way we're operating it, the way we we're operating it going forward, and the way we've been operating it in the past. When we're full, we're full. So if somebody wants to come along and surrender a dog to us, if we're full, we cannot take the dog. Mm. As we said, you can you can't fit three liters of water into a two liter jug. But they were so saying we up the country. Then the people on the phone were saying, "Well, if you don't take the dog, I'm going to have it put down." Yeah, that's, they've been saying that in Cork for donkeys years. It's almost, like, donkeys, yes. it's almost like it's almost like a threat, they, isn't it? It, it, it is a threat, um, and they, 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 they try and force your hand on it. But as I said, if you can get three liters of water into a two-liter jug, then show me how you can do it. Yeah, I know. We're, I know. we're not going to have a conveyor belt system, even though we do operate um, pound services for Cork City Council and the county. Um, we're not operating a conveyor belt system where dogs are coming in because people don't want them and then we're putting them to sleep. We're not doing it. So what is happening with the dogs? What what we're telling people, at the moment now, everybody's looking for their suitcases and dusting off their swimming togs. Um, What we're telling people is, 
contact us again next week. See if we have space. And when we have space, we will try to get the dog in, but as soon as we can. We can't. It all depends on adoptions. And what happens then if you can't have them all adopted, Vincent? We keep what we have there. They're kept until they're adopted. That's the way it works. Forever and ever until they're eventually adopted. Well, the, we've, the longest we've had a dog was 13 months. And what about the kids in the families? I mean, they must be heartbroken to see the dog go. You'd be surprised, Neil. Some of them are not. Really? The dogs, yes, the dogs are great when they're pups. And they can be taken out in the green and they're great on the lead. It's expected that the pup will, will, will run around and get tired and they'll spend a lot of time asleep. But then the dog starts to poo more and it needs to get exercised more and there's a bit more work in it. And I've always said it, even would say with, with dogs at Christmas, which has thankfully died down an awful lot. Yeah, yeah. If you were to offer a child, you want an iPhone or a dog, they'll pick the iPhone. I suppose they will, yeah. Yeah, I suppose they will. But undoubtedly then, this is not going to improve. If anything, you're going to get more and more calls across the yes. back end of the summer. And when they're going back to school and things, the, the, the dog be will, be, will be more of a nuisance, will it? Yes, as, as normality returns. Correct. Um, and as people, you'll say, start heading back to the office and stuff like that, um, we are expecting a lot, which we had been. Look, it, it, it was it was expected. We would be getting a lot of calls on this, but we can only do. We have forty kennels. We can do so much, but when we're full, we're full. Yeah, yeah. You don't it's think they'd abandon? You don't think they'd abandon them out in country roads? Some of them. Some of them will. Some of them will. Yeah. Imagine dogs um, abandoned in this heat. Good God. Yeah. Yeah. But you see, we can only take so many. It's and very, very sad. It really and truly yeah. is. And it's I mean, very, it, very it, probably every charity in the country is going to be facing. They are. They are facing it. Well, I imagine uh, I probably will get other calls following my call with you. Listen, um, good to catch up. Unfortunately, it's a sad topic to be chatting about. But you know, with regards to all of this weather, any quick tips for ha- looking after your, your pet in the heat? Because uh, somebody said to um, me that they don't sweat. And then another person said they do sweat, but you, you just don't know it because they have a furry coat. And they do, they do sweat. Anyone that's exercising a dog, uh, right, or early in the morning, late in the evening is best time for walks. Keep dogs off tarmac. Keep them off tarmac. Yeah. And um, concrete as well the same, especially during the day. It heats up and it burns their pads. So you'll get you'll get a lot more increase now where the, the pads are actually burnt on the dog. Oh. Um, that's what concrete tarmac actually melts. Oh. So as it's melting, it's melting onto the paws. Early morning, late in the evening, and lots and lots yeah. of water. Lots and lots of water. Um, um, keep them in the shade. Um, the dog will more or less tell you themselves anyway. Like the dog will go for a bit. It'll like it'll like the heat. It'll sit when the dog is panting and the tongue is out, is the dog dehydrated then? He, he's not dehydrated, but he's just under pressure with the heat. Under it's pressure, like yeah, needs water yeah. like the rest of us. All right. Yeah. Vincent, yeah. you're the greatest. Thanks so much for taking the call. Appreciate it, my man. We'll stay in touch. No problem at all. Vincent Cashman with the CSPCA. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. Back after 10. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville
Show. We're back to calls in a, in a few minutes' time, but I just need to be fair to people that get in touch either by text uh, or by email. Um, I won't give out your name um, because obviously there you know, could be issues with regards to neighbours, but I hope you can bring this issue on your show before anyone starts. I am not a snitch. I'm just annoyed seeing a neighbour of mine and her husband living it up in Portugal for the past few weeks. How is it okay for people like this, who I know for a fact are getting the pop payment, to be over in the sun tanning themselves on this emergency income? Surely others can seem to think it's okay. We've all suffered greatly. We all need the break. But flying off to spend that money in another country and scam the system is just not fair. I have thought about reporting them on a few occasions, but I don't have it in me. As like I said, I am not a snitch. Or do the likes of this couple need to be stopped? Should I report them? Love to know what your listeners think. Love the show. Says M. What, what do you think of that, lads? Do you think that somebody like that should be support, uh, should be reported? Text 0868104106. You do know that any kind of payment that you get from the state, be it a pop payment, a welfare payment, a disability payment, income supplement, it doesn't prevent you from going on holidays. It doesn't prevent you from enjoying your life or having a good time. I mean, you don't have to surrender uh, much of your life just because you're getting an income support payment. Uh, my point being, okay, is it right or wrong that this should be in Portugal before July 19th? Well, that's a different story. But I, it doesn't sit comfortably with me that we're suggesting that just because it's a, a welfare payment, you're not entitled to enjoy yourself. I mean, it must it must be bad enough for them actually being over in Portugal with the wonderful weather we're having here at the moment. But anyway, your thoughts on that are welcome. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. I'm going straight out to get Rocky Stone's new book. Spoke to Rocky yesterday on the air. Dave McCarthy, David McCarthy, um, Spangle Hill Forever. He was talking about the uh, pawn uh, cabin dishes, as we used to call it, as in cabin dishes where you could get stuff on the never never and pay by the week. I remember it all. I often remember rooting around the house with my mother to gather up stuff to pawn in order to get a few quid to buy stuff for the tea as my mother was trying to keep the tick bill down at our local shop, O'Keefe's, on Friar Street. I was only about six at the time. I have also great memories of climbing around the bags of clothes down in the coal quay in a shop where my mother again would spend hours talking and smoking with the Mrs. St. Ledger going up to Mamie, Ryan, Mamie Dawson's dressmakers on Barrack Street, where my mother would spend hours smoking and chatting with the locals, calling down to Toomey's shop on Barrack Street for more chat and a lovely free cake. Your mammy did a lot of talking. I miss those times, Neil, and often think of them. We had nothing, but we had great times. I remember Jonesy, the pig man, passing the house and my mother chatting away with him. I loved the donkey. He was bad at pulling the cart, and I used to have a carrot ready for the donkey. Thanks, Neil. I so enjoyed that chat yesterday. I'm so happy listening. Uh, on the band room, we used to go down and listen outside. Uh, we moved out of Friar Street when I was 15. I'm 50 now and still do all of my business in town, says Regina in Ovens. I'm glad that that brought back some wonderful memories for you. I mean, it's, it's interesting how we say, you know, I miss those times. We had nothing, but we had great times. I don't know that your mother would have felt the same you know, searching around the house, looking for something to pawn so that she could get some money to buy food for the tea. I mean, it's all very well to be looking back at those days, I suppose, through rose-tinted glasses, but they must have been tough on mothers and fathers back then. You know, the reliance on the pawn and what have you. A lot of different texts on different topics of conversation, including town on Saturday night. I was in town Saturday night. 
on a walk with my dog, I, too saw, I, ta- I saw two lawmen on the Grand Parade. They were like bouncers at a disco. All the young teenagers there were so, so drunk. They were way too young. It was disgraceful. Um, many people then continuing to text. There is a big difference between the passport delay and those of you that are getting a renewal. People who are renewing passports, they're the texts I'm getting where they're saying it's coming back two days. After two days, you get the renewal passport. The delays are people who are applying for passports. And then a lot then on overseas travel. It's the 12 to 18-year-old age group who are the problem. We had Malta booked, but now are unable to go because my 17-year-old is not vaccinated and would have to quarantine for 14 days on arrival in Malta. They are not accepting negative PCR tests. My 11-year-old would be fine as 11-year-olds and unders are exempt. I think maybe 12s and under. But Malta are not interested in any adults unless they're fully vaccinated. Uh, Malta will only vaccinate, will only take vaccinated people. People should be aware if they have Malta booked that negative tests won't do. And just three more. I'm traveling to Germany Friday six, for six days. If what you're saying is true, then I won't need a PCR test to return to Ireland. I'm fully vaccinated. Is that correct? Yes, it is correct. If you're fully vaccinated and you can prove it, then you don't need any kind of PCR tests or anything like that. Uh, I'm, am I right in thinking I can travel to London from Cork in August without tests or quarantine? Yes, you are right. And have you any info on people traveling from Ireland to the USA? I just heard that people who booked flights to the USA for the end of July or August, and now they can't get a visa wa- waiver. Well, I don't know anything about that. I mean, you can book a flight and you can still get an ESTA, because I've done all of that and got the ESTA. But as to whether you can travel or not, you can't now. And you've got to wait for an announcement as to when America will allow people in. We're allowing them in here, but they're still not letting us uh, in there. So hopefully that will change. And then many, many texts on the helpline. Can I just say that everybody who's been ringing and ringing and ringing the helpline, the reason why you're not getting answered um, or you're on hold for a long time and it drops is because the system was totally overwhelmed. These are the COVID query helplines. They now have a second one. So if you have a pen, I'll give you both numbers. They are still only encouraging people to call if it is an emergency. All right. Um, if you're waiting on the cert, like and you're going somewhere, let's say if you're going in the next few days, well, I guess that would be an emergency. So there are two. Um, if you just want the cert or you're just wondering why it's taking some time, I'd stall the ball there a while if it's not necessary because many people who are really emergencies uh, can't get through either. But there are two numbers now. Both of them are 1-800 numbers, <coughs> 1-800, and they are 807-008. So it's 1-800-807-008. And the second number is 1-800-851-504. All right? 1-800-851-504. So I'll give those out again. Maybe a couple of times between now and midday. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 Red FM. Uh, living it up on Portugal, in Portugal on the pop. This isn't the first email I've got like that. I see text coming in on that already. Keep them coming. Text 0868 Should people like that be reported? Um, there are certain criteria with regards to payments, different forms of welfare payment, including uh, the pop. Like, for instance, one texter says, actually, on pop, you're not supposed to leave the country at all. Uh, you're allowed to take two weeks holiday, but not outside the country. It is, after all, a survival payment. So keep those coming. Text 0868104106. One or two more lovely texts regarding my conversation with Rocky Stone yesterday on Spangle Hill Forever. I'm skitting laughing here about the slot machines for the gas meter years ago. This is a lovely story. My father worked in rental 
and in the north side. He said there were some characters. Um, he could never figure out how people were able to fiddle the slot. Um, I don't know whether this was a TV slot or whether it was the gas meter. But one day he just asked this guy, tell me how you're doing it. He begged him to tell him how he was doing it. And he said, I'll turn a blind eye. Just how are you doing it? Your man took the cigarette out of his mouth and he laughed. He says, I freeze water in the shape of the coin. Then I slot it into the machine and the ice melts and disappears. He said that man was a genius. I'm, I'm assuming that that would work, would it? It must have done freezing ice in the shape of a coin. And one final one, just listening about the rent man. I remember when he used to call and we would answer and say, my mam said she's not here. <laughs> but we used also see him on the way to school and he'd give us a pound for the shop because he knew my mam genuinely didn't have it. Mother of God, a pound back then would have been an awful lot of money. I'm reading Rocky's book at the moment. It's great. My brother and I are getting a great laugh from it. It brings back so many memories to us. So thank you for all those texts. This is far from a laugh, I have to tell you. Yesterday, I caught up with uh, Christina. She's a young Spanish girl who's uh, living and working here. She's working uh, with uh, Amazon. Saved very, very, very hard. Uh, Very hard. Trying to build up a nest egg for herself. And a lot of it was going to go to uh, a college education. She wants uh, to uh, do a course um, in art. She's a damn good art illustrator by all accounts. But she's been scammed out of thousands of euro. Now, she didn't want me to give out the actual amount, uh, but you know how you hear stories like the Echo this morning is saying scam calls scourge with Gardy saying the scams of up to 10,000 euro have been scammed out of people in Cork. People calling them, claiming to be from various state agencies, the guards, Department of Social Protection, Revenue and all sorts of stuff. It's all lies, right? They're just acting apart. They're criminals. Um, so she was scammed out of substantially more than 10,000 euro, I can tell you. Uh, and after speaking with the fraudsters, she was persuaded to transfer her entire savings to an offshore account. Uh, so I caught up with her yesterday and I just asked her to just talk us through exactly what happened. I received a call on the on June 24th and it was this call that they are calling every everybody every day. Mm. And they said, your PPS number is fraudulent, blah, blah, blah. Press one if you want to speak with an agent. So I, I press one because I'm not from Ireland. And I was mm. so like, what? And this happened. I have problems before with the PPS number and the revenue. And Yeah, you, I, you, and, you in the past had um, a lot of difficulty to get a PPS number here, even though you're Spanish, aren't you? Yes. You're entitled to a PPS number. So you eventually got one and you were very wary of that. And then you got this call that said that your PPS number had been compromised and had been used for fraudulent activity. That was was that an automatic message? At the beginning, but when I press one, they transfer me to an agent and this person knew my my name and my PPS number. So that's why I thought it was the so they, they told me they were from the social protection department, and um, well they, they transferred me to the Garda, but apparently the Garda, no, but it was everything uh, lie, no. And who told you that there was a warrant out for your arrest? Uh, sorry. Who told you which one of them, the first guy or the second guy? Who told you there was a warrant out for your arrest? 
this the first guy the first guy that someone stole my identity and someone was using my pps number for for doing criminal things yeah and i just got really scared and worried and i started crying and shaking and i wanted to them to help me with this situation to solve this because I thought it was real, no? I know, of course you um, thought it was real. Did he keep you on the phone for a long time? Exactly, exactly, like four hours. This guy spoke talking. to you for four hours? Yes, well, sometimes uh, put me on hold because he apparently was doing bureaucracy, uh, paperwork to uh, get rid of, well, to, to remove my name from the investigation. To help you. Like so that. He was pretending exactly, to help Exactly, exactly. So, for, did, I mean, did he speak with an Irish accent or an overseas accent? Mm, not Irish, but uh, no, not either, well, maybe like British or different accent from Irish, definitely. Okay. I have some recordings anyway, and uh, the other people they they sounded with different accents, right? Is that's right? But Ireland is full of people from from. No, I'm countries. I'm just I'm just wondering uh, as to because a yeah. lot of this is coming from the from Asia, and I'm wondering did the yes, phone call originate yes, yes. from Asia? So he yes. kept you on the phone for four hours, um, yes. pretending to go back and forth to try and help you. Um, exactly. So first of all, there's fear. Then there's relief that somebody's trying to help you. And what happened exactly. after four hours? Uh, well, they they made me, uh, well, they told me that uh, my money has to be transferred because all my accounts are linked to the no, previous but, number. But wait, wait a second. Didn't the first guy transfer you onto what you believed were the guardie? Yes, yes. But then they transferred the call again to their department or whatever it is. But what did this th what did this fake guard tell you? That uh, someone has stolen my identity, they have uh, criminal records from this person and they knew I was innocent and they were going to try to help me. Uh, ah, yeah, this, yeah, uh, yeah. So after I causing after causing all sorts of upset <laughs> and fear and worry, they then exactly. said, "Oh, we believe you and we want to help you." Exactly, exactly. That's okay. what that, that was the And did all this happen on the one day? Exactly. Okay. In the one morning. One morning. Over four hours or longer. And exactly. what how did they tell you that um they could help you fix this? Uh they told me that they um they have to cancel my PPS number and get a new one. So when they cancel the PPS number all my accounts they are going to be block or cancel because I have criminal records or something. So they made me believe they have a safe account to transfer my money. And where? That's uh, to another country outside Ireland. Because it was safe and the government were going to was going to refund me the money and uh, <laughs> lies. So this Department of Social Protection, protection with the help of yeah. the guardie we're going to mm. help you to transfer all of your life savings out of ireland where the irish government would hold it and then transfer it back to a secure account at some yes. stage in the future and yes um did they tell you what to say to your own bank i wonder exactly yes they they told me that they gave they gave me instructions uh <laughs> 
they told me this is a, an investigation so they cannot um, this is secret so you have to pretend like you are going to transfer the money to a family member um, like, like I know you're upset you poor thing so they were saying okay you need to tell the bank that you're sending the <laughs> money to a family member otherwise they'll <laughs> suspend the accounts or something like that yes yes yeah. of course with that what are you alright oh my god all your money sorry Sorry. And I know, I know the amount of money we're talking about is a five-figure sum. So it's it's that that means it's over ten thousand euro, isn't it? Well over ten thousand. Yes. And you see, take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. I won't. Sorry. No, no, I won't. I won't. I'll wait for you. Poor thing. You see, when they told you that the bank would suspend your account, that's not what would happen at all. But if you told the bank. What you were doing, they would have told you it was a scam. Yeah, yeah, I know. But at that point, I. Uh, oh, I know, I know. Listen, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not judging. Did the bank say anything to you when you attempted to, and successfully? They, they asked me if, uh, if I transferred before money to this account, and I said no. It was the first time. They, uh, the person who, who helped me. Uh, spoke to the manager and he he helped me to do the transfer and that's it. It was easy. And did they ask you where the money was going? All of this money? Yes, yes. No, it was in the. I have the the number account and everything. They they saw everything. And you told so them that it was to a family member. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So not only were they, not only did they convince you to send your money to an overseas account they also said that they, you they wanted you to pay them money exactly for representing me to the court they they were going to provide me with lawyers and it's going it was going to be cheap with them if i if they would help me with this more money for for representing this case and how yeah, much how much did they Try and get they told me it was going to be the, uh, the 1,000 or 2,000 euros. To supply you with a lawyer? Exactly. I mean, that's the lowest of the low. First, they clean out your bank account. Of uh, course, you don't know that they're doing that, but that's what they did. And then they look for you yes. to go and find more money to supposedly yes. get you a lawyer to keep you out of jail. Exactly, exactly. It's really believable, but at the, at the end, I, I knew... I realized about this and I started recording and and I said no, <laughs> give me my money and leave me alone. Start stop calling me. So it was, this was after the money had been gone from your bank account. Yeah, they called yeah, you again yeah. looking the for more. The next day. The next day. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yes. So what happened after that? All of the money is gone from your account then into this other account overseas. Yes, what yes. happened then? Uh, the next day, I realized uh, it was a fraud, no, fraud. a scam. Yeah. So I, uh, I went uh, straight away to the to the bank and then to the Garza. And how did you how did you know the next day? Did it just click? Did you think about it? No, no, I hear about that in the news, and um, and I saw in the news that uh, they were saying that the PBS number is fraudulent, and, and I was yeah, like, no, this, that's what this happened is to me. At the at the beginning, I 
I thought, no, this is impossible because it happened. To, I spoke to this uh, official um, <laughs> official organizations and everything is is okay. Yeah, they are fixing it, and then I I I realized about that. Yeah, because. Um there was too many similarities between your story and the other people's stories who were being scammed. Yeah. And these, of course, mm. weren't guards or civil servants. They were actors. They were crooks playing a part. Yes, yes. So you went to the guards? Yes. Uh, the The next day, I went to the guard, uh, to the guard and the, the bank to report this. Um, they are still investigating this This. this thing um they they are doing the best they can but i just desperate and i feel totally abused and just a night being a nightmare it's a nightmare it mustn't it must have taken you a long time to save all of that money yes i'm living here for for, for three years and did you save that from working here, working hard for three years? Yes, yes. Um, I was saving it for for studying arts <laughs> because I always wanted to do that. You're doing um, arts exams in Malaga, aren't you? Yes, yes. You uh, want to be an artist and an illustrator? Exactly, yes. That's, uh, <laughs> so you <laughs> must have worked really, really hard with, uh, yes. w- you're in customer care with Amazon. You must have worked really hard and, yes. and you know, for a long time. denied yourself an awful lot, lived very frugally and saved very hard. Yes. And, and have you told people, I know you're telling me now, but does your family know and your friends yes, what happened? Yes, yeah. yes, of course. They didn't know about it and they are supporting me in everything. But I, I would like to speak with people that happened the same to them, or because they 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 understand what I'm going through right yes. now. And yeah. and, is, and is everybody supportive? I mean, are 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 people saying you should have known better, or you were silly? Um, I get many reactions like you are uh, stupid or um, you are innocent or uh, this happened to this could happen to anyone but I get many reactions but you see there's a cultural difference as well do you understand I mean you're Spanish you're living here Mm. You know, you're you're away from yeah. your own na- native home. You had trouble getting yeah. a PPS number as well, and you thought that, you know, hmm. maybe there was issues with the PPS number because it was hard to get. You know, exactly. With the I had issue, issues with the revenue as well See, yeah, at the yeah. beginning. With the well, I, I'm sure. So you were worried about that. You were anxious about that, and that was ringing alarm bells. Oh my God! If exactly. there's something wrong with my PPS again. I need to fix this. You see, exactly. Uh, that's why that was my main reason of doing this, and Listen, I just I know, wanted I to solve everything. I know. Listen, I, I, I have a family member um, who um, fell for a scam with PayPal and lost uh, oh. and lost all of their bank accounts, all of their savings oh as well. My God. And you know what? Oh my God. I felt awful for them. 
you can't blame somebody for this. You've done nothing wrong. These guys, these these people are just criminals. They're scum. Yes. Um, yes. Do you do you think because it is a substantial amount of money, as I say, and off you don't want to give the exact amount because you're just ashamed, is it? Yes. Uh, people can say me. Um, Oh, look how much uh, it is! So you're so silly, or I, I am. I don't want to hear that anymore. Okay, <laughs> I, right. I have enough for myself doing that. I do that all the time with me, so it's enough. You're kicking yourself. You're torturing yourself enough without anybody else joining in. But um, exactly. w- will your will your bank give are the bank talking to you about perhaps refunding it or yes? Uh, well, they are. Um, they started the process to recall the money from the this bank entity that is outside the country. What so country did you? What country did it go to? Do you know? Thailand. Thailand. The money went to Thailand. So if yeah. if it's still in a, an account, they can reverse it. But the chances are, it's not in the account. Exactly. So they. I don't have my high expectations. No. Because I don't. Um, did they? are just waiting for them to to the bank to to have a reply from from them from but Thailand, they Thai didn't bank. have anything anything yet. so the calls came from thailand and i mean the bank could say to you i don't mean to depress you even more but the bank could say to you that you willingly transfer the money and that you yeah. di- you didn't tell them the truth when you were asked why you were doing it you know so yeah, yeah no they, they already told me this uh, yeah um, I go to the bank every 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 day every week, and they tell me the same that they don't have updates. But I just go every day anyway. You go every day because yeah. I, I need to go. And will you be okay, Christina? Your your contract with Amazon is up this week. What's your next step? Mm, I'm moving to Spain on the on August because I I really need a break from this uh, because I'm not uh, mentally my mental health is not okay, okay right now I know well you've been through a terrible terrible life changing experience it's an awful thing to happen to you it really is I hope you get strong I really do and I, yeah. it would be a super thing if the bank managed to get your money back or refunded yeah. it um, you know I'm yes, so thank you so much. I, I would like to ask as, as well if uh, someone is listening to me and can help me with this case. Uh, I would really appreciate that because I'm alone and I don't know many solicitors or people that, that could help. Sorry, what, uh, would you, what would you like to happen? I missed that. I would like to ask if someone is listening to me and can help me with this case. Because I'm alone and I don't know many solicitors or people that could help. Um, or if someone that is listening is a, that is a victim from any kind of scam and would like to speak with me, I'm here to, you know what I mean? You can help them, are you saying, with regards to their emotions and how they're feeling, is it? Exactly, or, or do anything with this or, I don't know. Or any person that is uh, working for in the legal legal um, yeah yeah okay exactly yeah okay well maybe maybe somebody will be listening who will be in a position to help you out I think you're in the hands of the bank really um, yeah what ba- what bank is it Bank of Ireland Bank of Ireland okay 
Okay, well, you never know who might be listening. They, um, if they get in touch with me, I will put them in touch with you. Thank you so much. Um, that and wait, will be and wait great. And, and wait and see what the bank... Are you here? Do you have friends here in Cork as well? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Spanish people. Yeah. <laughs> Most of okay. Them. Well, stay close to your friends, you know? And, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and stop, stop, feeling, stop feeling bad about yourself. It wasn't your fault. Yeah. You know? Thank you so much. It's easy for me to say, but hopefully in time you'll start to feel better. And fingers crossed with the Bank of Ireland, all right? Yeah. We'll, yeah, put in a, we'll put in a call into their press office to see what they do in, in situations like this. It, it may make a difference. It may help. All right. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, Christina, look after yourself. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, there's some more to this conversation, actually, because she recorded some audio of the scam artist at work. Uh, it's only about 90 seconds of it. It's quite interesting to listen to. So I got that and lots more after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. So uh, Christina's story is a true and honest uh, from the heart story of what happened to her. And, uh, you know, many times we've dealt with this in the past. People were, were living in the assumption that oh, it's, it's people who might be um, a little older or the elderly generation that might be vulnerable or take this phone call seriously. But Christina's 30 years old, right? She's 30 years old. In fact, the banks, the fraud departments in all of the banks apparently are inundated with these kind of stories at the moment inundated. Now, I just want to just come, come back to it again. So, and she said that her mental health is not okay. I'll talk to um, Sally O'Hanlon from Victims After Crime in a few minutes' time. But the 17 grand, the big, huge amount of money, right, was actually transferred to an account in Thailand. So we know that. So that went to, to Thailand. Um, and the next day, of course, she realized um, because she uh, started to think about the similarities between her case and the other cases of people that we've been hearing about who got calls from people posing as members of Garda Shikona and she realized that she had lost the money. And she gets a call back from the scammers. They call again. Um, and she starts to record the calls. Now, she sent me two audio clips. One of them, the quality isn't great. In fact, the, the, the clip that I'm going to play for you, I think that these scam arts, artists intentionally disrupt their speech when they're responding to questions that they don't want to answer. You'll hear Christina asking about getting her money back from the overseas bank account, looking for her money back. They called her the next day to say, um, do you need legal representation? If you need legal representation, because this is this is going to go to court, we can help you with that. I mean, it makes, makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. But at this stage, the penny had dropped with her and she realized that her money was gone. Um, and when she was asked, you'll notice when she's asking questions about when she's going to get her money back, I want my money back. Your man is answering, but I think intentionally disrupting what he's saying because he just doesn't want to answer the question. So this is about 90 seconds. I hope you can hear it. I hope you can follow it through. All right, have a listen. This is the, the second call the next day. Christina? Yes. Okay. So do you have a lawyer? No, I don't have a lawyer. Gordon? No. Yes, you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. So if you do not have a lawyer, what we can do? Okay. Either you can we can give you two options. Okay. Either you can hire a lawyer by yourself, or you can take our lawyer. Okay. But 
if you hire a lawyer by yourself, they will be charging more than 2000 more than 3000 okay? And they will not even read the case. Yeah, no, by myself. By myself is perfect. We right? the courthouse, all right? Uh, the lawyer, whatever the charges for the lawyer, that will be refunded back along with the cashier check, which you will receive. Where is my check? I didn't receive any check yet. I'm waiting all morning. I didn't receive any. Courthouse. We'll be receiving the check now. Where? Okay. We'll be in maximum flower. Sorry, can you repeat? I can't hear you. Double support a lawyer for 1500 no, 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 no. I don't want your lawyer. I want my lawyer. I need my check. I need my check first. I need my check. And that sound is the sound of your man hanging up. So what he's trying to get there is another 1,500 euro out of Christina. God knows where he thought he was going to get that money from because he cleaned her out looking to uh, provide her with a lawyer who would meet her on the court steps. But she needed to pay the 1500 before she got this cashier's check of her substantial amount of money back again. Uh, you can follow that. I know you can. You're smart enough to follow that. Uh, that's the whole story. We contacted uh, Bank of Ireland on behalf of Christina. They asked us some questions that we are in a position to be able to answer for her, like they asked whether she had contacted her branch or Bank of Ireland Customer Care. Yes. Um, had she been in touch with the guardie? If not, she should do so. Um, yes, uh, this happened three weeks ago, incidentally, three weeks ago. And she was in touch with the guardie and she's awaiting being interviewed. She's waiting interview now with the fraud squad. She's waiting on the, waiting on the fraud squad to come back to her. But I think they're probably inundated anyway with these kinds of, uh, of scams, the guardie. Um, the Bank of Ireland then went on to say they issue several warnings constantly. Um, with regards to how customers can protect themselves against fraud. But um, Bank of Ireland also said to us that we are passing on this particular incident to group security um, and they will look into it. Um, perhaps if you have any further information, do share it with us. So that's where we're at with Bank of Ireland. I honestly don't think that um, she has much comeback from the bank because uh, she actually didn't tell the bank the truth when she went in and was asked as to where the money was going. She said she was sending them to... Uh, sending the money to family. Um, so it wasn't, she willingly sent the money out of the country. She willingly did it. So I honestly can't see the bank giving back um, that huge amount of money. But Sally Hannan from Support After Crime might have a different interpretation of this because um, Sally actually was in the force for many years. Uh, Sally, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, what would your interpretation be of this with regards to the bank? Do you have thoughts on that anyway? I do, yeah. I mean, here's a young girl cleaning out her savings. She was under threat to say what she said when she went into the bank. She was complying with their orders in the hope that what they had said, they were transferring it into a safe account, which she would get that back from there. So, a little bit of red alert, widely known, because there's so many being they are, but the bank might say, well, we did ask you if you'd sent money to this account before. We did ask you where you were sending the money. You lied. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know all of that, but I still think there should be a little bit more precaution in, in this case by the bank, even to hold it for a day or 
in an account, a holding account or something before they send it straight on. Would the bank not be able to see that she was saying she was sending the money to Spain, but could the bank not see it was going to a Thai bank? That's the point, yes. Yes, bank in Bangkok, yeah. And obviously, they have had others who have done the same thing. So I think the bank staff should be more alert and contact somebody who have a bit of discussion on it amongst the few staff members before they complete the transaction. Um, you're, you're, hel- you're helping her now. She says, my ah, mental yeah. health is not okay. And she's also, I'm not 100% sure why she's looking for legal help here. She is looking for legal help to see if she can take on the bank for what has happened. Yes, yes. Because when she came to us first uh, in the last week, she was convinced and very angry with members of the Garibee because she firmly believed they, she had been talking to a member of the Irish Garibee and that they had kind of told her whatever to, you know, to do whatever she was told to do. So she she was angry at the guards. Now, the second day, last day she was in with us, um, I arranged for Detective Sergeant Claude O'Sullivan to pop over and have a few words for her, Claude and the fraud squad. And she very kindly did so. And she explained it to her as good as she could, you know, what the process is and mm-hmm. the likelihood or non-likelihood of her receiving back the money. Um, but I feel so sorry for her. She is heartbroken. But there's no she point being angry with the Gardaí because the Gardaí had no role in this. No, but she believed when she was transferred from yeah. one section to the other. Yeah. It was actually... Oh, sure, I know she believes. The misfortune was four hours on the yes. phone. They wore her down. Yeah, they wore her down. And they had her because she had the problem with the PRSI number. Or PPS, now, yeah. pre- PPS. Yeah. Previous to that, I had got a call myself from that 08794, whatever it is, number. Mm. Mm. And uh, had my name and said, you have a problem with your social security card. It's been used in crime and your DNA is on it. So there will be two people coming there shortly to arrest you. Right? <laughs> I never spoke. Right? Yeah. Oh, I, I just hung up. Maybe 10 minutes later, call. This is the guards here. Uh, we've been informed that your PPF number has been used fraudulently, and we will be seeking you to either attend your local guard station or guards station yeah. and present yourself, or else you'll be arrested. So I just clicked it off again. Oh. So I, I, I just no, said, what like, guard? I just said, what guard station would you like me to go to to be arrested? I, I didn't. I didn't speak. I didn't speak at yeah, all because all right. I'd only get more bull from them. Yeah. So, you know, people are being con. We know. How come they have people's PPS number and their name? Are these have these been hacked somewhere? It must have been. Is this part of the HSE that. hack? Do you think? I can't say that. I don't know. But they had my name and they had her name, you know, so how many other people have got the calls? And really the reason, because we were trying to say, what can we do to make her feel good? And I then just thought of your program. Yes. That if she went on, she would explain as a non-resident how easily it happened to her. 
and that people of her age profile and younger and older might hear how well it was done and are being caught. Yeah. That's people being caught for over 100,000. Really? That much? Yes. You've spoken to somebody who's been caught for that kind of money? I have. I have, yeah. And is it the same kind of story? Much the same. Not quite the same, but much the same. We're going to move the money offshore to a secret, uh, secure bank, is it? Mm -hmm. How do people fall for that, like? Well, I suppose because they're professional at what they do and people are gullible at that time and if they think that they can all the the, the ones that the big sums of money would be invested in Bitcoin and they'd get so much more back out of it. I know, but I know it's easy to look in and we've all been caught at some stage in our life, but (laughs) don't tell the bank... You know, pretend that you're sending, like, you know, you're, you tell them you're giving it to your family, but we'll really be putting it in another account, minding it for you. Do you know, it seems so I obviously do. crooked. But I think the problem there was, uh, which I was listening to her, um, I think the problem was she was due to go back to Spain within a few days to do an exam for right. the course she's yeah. intended to yeah. They told her she'd be arrested at the airport if she didn't comply. Okay, well, she didn't tell me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. no, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, she was under fear and threat. She needed to go back. She'd worked for her so hard for this exam. She needed to I go know. back. Do I know, exam. I feel awful for her. She'd like, in fairness, oh, she could be anybody's, she could be anybody's partner, Son, daughter, husband, wife. And so she says, she says to me, my mental health is not okay. I don't want people criticizing me, please, because I criticize myself every single hour of every day as it is. She's tortured by it, like. She's tortured by it. Because if if you are caught by anything, fake traders, any of this, you will blame yourself and others will blame yourself that how could you be so gullible and you are you're caught in that moment and you're trying to do your best to get out of it and I think she's very brave to come on and give her interview how can you help her and I mean will it be our, we will be emotionally supporting her right through um, as long as that she will need it and I think she was relieved the other day after Claudia came over and spoke with her and Sharon and I were there. And uh, she she certainly had stopped crying and was able to make sense of some of what she was listening to. So are you saying this is all really in the bank's court now and she may need representation to proceed with that? Well, I don't know. I think... The bank, you see, she's not the only case the bank is caught with. And uh, whether they, she went in and told the story she told, I'm sure if she was as jittery as she was when she was in with us the first day, they should have picked up, the teller should have picked up on, this isn't right. No, this story isn't making right. sense. Okay, um, I, I, are you free just to finish this conversation directly after 11, Sally? 
I am. Okay, thanks for that. I'll come back after 11. But because there's one point being made here, and you can think about this, um, and I'll come back to you after 11. I was in banking for 35 years. I'm livid at how the bank treated this young lady. When the bank saw that amount of money going out of the country, they should have blocked the account for 24 hours. In my day, we blocked transfers of over 10,000, and people were very thankful for us doing it. Livid at the way the bank has treated this young lady. Back after 11, 1850 You can text your own thoughts, 0868-104-106. Hi, it's Connor. Join me Sunday from 7 for Green on Red, bringing you the biggest, the best, and newest names in Irish music. Emerald Music Station of the Year, Cork's Red FM. With regards to uh, Christina, who was stammed, scammed out of a substantial amount of money, we're talking well up into the uh, five figures, um, well over 10 grand. Poor woman, Neil, is there a GoFundMe set up for her? I would happily donate. Sorry this happened to her here in our country. Speak to the bank on her behalf. They will refund it if they were lax. She does have rights. Maybe you should set up a GoFundMe page to support that girl. Please ask her to make a GoFundMe account so we can all help her. Please ask Christina to call me. Another one. Please ask Christina to call me. I have some money I want to give her, says Coleman. Uh, For Christina's predicament, get on to Jim Browning 11 on Twitter. He regularly beats these scammers and has often got money back from them, says Paddy. Uh, The bank should use the method of Western Union. They take both IDs uh, when transferring money. So you know the person it's going to. Once a name is fraudulent, the money is sent back and not released to them. Uh, There are a few hours in between before the money can be picked up. Um, That's very interesting. So you have an idea of the sender and an idea of the receiver. PayPal is the same. They don't transfer the money for three days and they give you an option to cancel the transfer any time within the three days. Well, is it any wonder that the scammers don't use Western Union for this? And is it any wonder that they don't use um, PayPal for it? Um, it's, it's interesting as well. Sometimes they make you convince you to go into online banking on your laptop and transfer the money yourself, you know, with online banking. Um, and then they whip it out of the account. Uh, in this case, she actually physically walked into a bank. And I'm just wondering with regards to the Bank of Ireland branch, She cleaned out her bank account. Did anybody ask her? I mean, I know they said, you know, have you used this account before? Where is the money going? No, I haven't used it before. I'm sending it to my family. Did anybody say you are you are cleaning out your savings? I mean, you are cleaning out your entire bank account. Do you mind us asking as to the reasons? You know, ask. Why didn't they ask more questions? Um. And like banks don't want money going out of accounts either. You know, they don't want people cleaning out their account. You would think they would put up as many barriers as they could to it happening. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Sally, does that make any sense to you? It makes perfect sense to me. And as I say, because she was so distressed that they should pick up on her distress and her nervousness at the counter and her urgency, possibly, to get this done out of So I think, you know, holding it for a day would have saved it because she was on it within 24 hours. Um, so I, I would, I mean, it would be my greatest wish that she would get her money back. And do now, you come across... Come on the pro- yeah. Sorry, she didn't come on the programme looking for, you know, others to give her her money back. Nor a GoFundMe, no, I understand that. It was never no, mentioned, yeah. She just, yeah. Yeah, she just wanted to make people aware because she feels so badly done by... Uh, 
that she just wants to prevent other feelings. Okay. So let's see what Bank of Ireland do on this one. Um, yes. and, you know, the hundred grand one, did that individual get their money back or is there a process going on there? There is a process going on, no, is the answer. And is it likely that the money will come back? I think so. They did it you don't think so? themselves. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ah, well, you know, you hope so. You willingly participated. Yes, you know, um, there's another elderly gentleman, um, not here in Cork, but there was over 80,000 taken. Same story, is it? Same story. Not quite the same, but a variation of uh, Christina's story. Did it involve Gardaí and you're going to be arrested and all that? No, no, no. But a, a method of making more out of your money. So that oh, your yeah. family, you'd have enough to bury yourself. And your family, you'd have something to meet your grandkids. Con man. Yeah, yeah, con man. You know, all that. Yeah. yeah. God yeah. almighty. So, it must be rampant, is it? It's rampant. I mean, I'm, I, I, I have at least received, when I see the number now coming up, I just cut it off. I must have received 20 of them. The guards are saying in the Echo that there have been a number of cases where immigrants have lost money through the scam because of language barriers. They're quoting a yes. Filipino national living in Cork lost nine grand, answered a call claiming to be from the guards. Your DNA is on documents connecting you to yes. a crime. It was found in a car at the crime scene in Dublin. You know, that kind of patter? Yes, that's now what was said to me, that my DNA was found uh, in a, involved in a serious crime and that they'd be coming to my door to arrest me. So this is only going to get worse, isn't it? It is. It is. And they are persistent. Now, I don't know where they're operating from. Uh, Thailand, uh, Thailand, in this case, if it went into a Thai bank account. Oh, yeah. But I'd say the calls are not being made from Thailand. You don't think? I'd say the calls. Uh, no, I'd say the calls are being made local. Local? Out of Ireland. Well, out of Ireland, I would say. That's interesting. I haven't heard that before. There's no reason why not. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, that was my take on the the person I spoke to. Okay. okay. They didn't have a foreign accent. Okay. Um, um, what more can we I do? It's I don't know. Only hope and pray that something will work out for her because she deserves it. She worked so hard. She saved every penny. She didn't have a social life even pre-COVID. She didn't rush off out and buy clothes or anything. She was saving with a name to better her life. Although she never suggested anything to do with GoFundMe, if she does set up a GoFundMe account, I'll happily promote it for her because there's a lot of people here feel that's something she should think about doing, all right? Right. So, and will I tell her that? Yeah, yeah. She's listening now. So she, she's, she's dealing with... Is it Brenda or Seamus is dealing with this one? Hand up. Seamus. 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 Thanks, Seamus. Okay, Seamus is on that. If she decides to go down that route, route well and good, we'll help her. All we can do oh, is constantly remind people and share stories like this. If, if well, you don't recognise the number, you, don't answer it, lads. If they want you, they'll find you. You see, they have a habit then of letting it ring for a minute and you think you missed a call from somebody and you ring it back and then you're caught. I know. Okay, no, well, all Christina we can do... And yeah. Christina, go right. do that GoFundMe page. 
hope it works out. You're the greatest. Uh, stay in touch, Sally, will you please? I know you're very I good to us, so do stay in touch. Cheers. I'll Thanks I'll so wait. much. Thanks, Sally Thanks. Hanlon is with uh, Support After Crime. It's a Cork number, so it's an 021 number, 432-0555. They do incredible work. Uh, support after crime 4320555 Dan standing by calls texts and emails after these The Neil Prenderville show on Twitter at Neil Red FM And you can text 0868104106 and we'll come back to uh, Christina texts as well Dan good morning Good morning Neil how are we going I'm uh, well. to this that Christine don't know uh, for the last well, half an hour now, yeah. right and listen the thought uh, I got a thought in right that we actually bailed out the banks of billions and billions of euros. Yeah, how is and that they, connected to this, though? It is. There, there is. There, there was always a saying here that if you're getting too much money, own the bank so much money, own enough money, they won't come after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the point I'm making, is that that girl, I don't know what kind of money she handed over, but look, it was, it was a, a mistake she made, and a very costly mistake that that Spanish uh, girl has made. Whose mistake, who's mistake, though, you see? If you look at it through the bank size. Uh, listen to me, look, the banks only see what we're not, Neil. The banks only see themselves. They don't, they don't, they do not, they do not, they do not, uh, I don't know what to say. They, no, they but like, if, the, if you look at it through the bank size, she went into the branch, you see, and the bank would say, okay, she called into the bank, uh, she said I that know, she wanted I to know, transfer substantially more than 10,000 euro, everything she had in the account, um, and that she wanted to send it overseas. They asked her, have you, we don't recognize this account number, have you sent money to before? She said no. They asked her, where was the money going? She said, a family member. Um, And then they duly transferred it. All right, but I, I, I do know that, right? And I know what you're saying, Neil. But you're going to kind of open a new account in any bank now. And they would, they would put you through a, a, a big load of questionnaires and everything else, and you'd have to get letters of this and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's very hard to very hard to open account in the banks now. No, it is. But what's what I find extraordinary is about like usually if I was sending you money, right, right, interbank wise, certainly if I was sending it from Bank of Ireland to a Thai bank, it would take right. three or four days before you would get it. I know. I so know. how did this happen so immediately? Like. Really, you would think that she she realised the next day she'd been scammed. She should have been able to go to the bank and and reverse it because it should have taken days to hit the account. But you see, Neil, some of the banks, they do make mistakes. Some of the small bankers do make mistakes. Like, I know of a case now where is that, look, they handed money over to a person and they should never hand the money over over to this person. It, It wasn't their money. We know that we have no. We know about that with Keith. I we think do? he got something like fifty to seventy grand into his bank account. and He spent it. Look, I just hope that the that the bank of Ireland will will, will have some kind of a hack and try and sort out some of those people. Well, let us see what happens in this regards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. You say the banks owe us one. They do, of course. Of course, they do. Neil, have got the billions of euros that 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 not loan bank of that we gave all the banks. I got you. I got you, Dan. Thanks a lot, my man. Seamus is standing by. First up, Bear. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, you got a text. Uh, what was it about? I got a text last week to say that my electricity bill was overdue, 
and to please pay immediately. And on the text, there was a link. Now, I got rid of the text straight away because I knew it was a scam, which I shouldn't have. I should have reported it. But I knew by the link that it just wasn't right. You know, there's something odd about it. Plus, well, was it one of those text messages that says, click this link? Exactly. Yeah, never exactly. click them, never. Never, 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 ever. And I knew also as well that I had only paid my electricity bill online the week before. So I knew straight away that it was a scam. But I just wanted to let people know that if they do get a text like that, do not click on the link. Because, and and you might get a fright saying, oh my God, the payment never went through or whatever. But just don't please click on the link. Or you might say, what's this about? You might be a bit annoyed about it. I paid that. I'm going in there now to let them know. And you click on the link. And And you don't know what kind of a rabbit hole you're going down, so you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like that poor girl, you know, you get a fright first saying, oh my God, something's after happening. It's not after going through. But just stop and think. And just look at the link. Because a lot of these scams, you can see straight away that... It's not a correct link, if you know what I mean. But unfortunately, legitimate companies that you do business with do contact you by text or by email. Like, I'm notorious for forgetting things or not paying on time, you know, utility bills. Like, for instance, I got a, a guy, like, it can happen. But like, like two weeks ago, for instance, a guy from um, a TV license inspector calls to the door, Right. But I, had yeah. pay, but I had paid it like a week beforehand. Yeah. So what are they doing coming to yeah. the door? So yeah. you, you, if that was yeah. a link, you'd click it. You'd say, you'd be, I'd be really annoyed about it. You would, you would, you would, you would. But I think people just have to stop really and just don't click on the link. Yeah. If okay. they could just resist for two minutes and then just call your utility people, call your bank before you do anything. And I think that's the mentality that we have to go down okay, the road point. with. Thanks so much. We, yeah. That you go with this, you know, because I'm getting telephone calls from Tunisia and I've got them all blocked now. But, you know, it's going on so rampantly at the moment. I know. All you can do is make people aware because it's not going to go away anytime soon. It's not going to go away. Thank you, Bert. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. don't know anymore, actually. Just ahead of Seamus. Do you remember when we all got we all got caught with uh, flights and accommodation and trying to get vouchers out of Ryanair and Aer Lingus and trying to get refunds and money back and everything like that? Uh, an awful lot of people did ultimately. Seamus, you can jump in on this. An awful lot of people did ultimately get Sorry. their... Um, they did ultimately get their refunds back or got credits from Aer Lingus and Ryanair, didn't they? They did, but yeah. it was a bit of a bit of a hard hard yeah. work. Like there was one lady I know I got two and a half grand back for. Um, well this done. was with um, two sep- uh, it was with an airline and uh, they had the accommodation refunded but the travel agent was holding on to that section of the the money until the rest of the money came back so I kind of copied the e- copied the airline directly and the uh, travel agent head office in on the same mail and uh, both of them were working away together and we eventually got the two and a half grand back for it. Yeah, well that's because you, you can make a difference where people themselves sometimes can't but um, a lot of people then had issues trying to get money back through the travel agents because the travel agents couldn't get the money back from the 
Ryanair's and the Aer Lingus's because yeah, they were because called screen scrapers. And I, ha- I had, a, a, many of us then went to third party bookings. You remember I was telling the story of Kiwi.com. I, I used to use though, I found them very effective. They used to send your boarding pass and everything. You literally did nothing. They did everything. But when the whole thing fell off a cliff then, um, Kiwi.com couldn't get refunds from uh, Ryanair. They couldn't get refunds from Aer Lingus. They couldn't get refunds from EasyJet. And I was owed money by all of these different companies, Aer Lingus, Ryanair and EasyJet. So that was last year. Um, Last week, I got an email claiming to be, and it could well be from Kiwi.com. It just said, we have your refund. Click this link and let us know, do you want cash or vouchers? Like, it's a real story, but is this a scam? Quite possibly, or are they just so kind of... Because I know, like, a lot of the, the travel agents, they couldn't refund the money for your Ryanair because, no, because they were they third the party. Customer. They weren't the it customer. It was Ryanair yeah. had uh, had to put a process in place, so yeah. they had to kind of jump through a few boxes and then you had to prove but, that you were Neil Prendival. But why hasn't somebody created an app that will tell you this is a scam? Why hasn't somebody created an app that will tell you that this is a fake website? Or an app that will tell you, or a tool that will tell you, this is a cloned website. I don't know, because I, I, I'm assuming that there's uh, there's so many of them out there and you can set them up so easily. Like we had a number of but companies, there should, be a wa- the there should be some kind of a watermark on legit ones then. There should be, and like, uh, I think on the legit ones, isn't there a, a lock on the actual address, kind Correct. of a, a there's some kind of a red lock. Yeah, there's yeah, a red yeah. lock to to show you that it's a secure account. That it's it's Adrian Wechter would be good on this, wouldn't he? From the Independent, we spoke to him in the past. He'd be excellent. Yeah, it? okay, I can leave that with you. Um, all right, and I was just wondering because um, I did click into it actually, just out of curiosity. Not that I did so recklessly. I clicked because it said, um, you know, click here if you want ac- if you want to access the website as opposed to, you know, click here to give us your bank account details. Um, and it brought me into what looked like the Kiwi.com website. Um, but then when I entered the password that I thought was the password, it was wrong. See what I mean? So this is where you, you end up wondering, oh my God, is this a fiddle or what's going on? So then you say, okay, go into change my password. Um, and that doesn't work in the website. So at that stage, I backed out. I said, well, if this was legit, that would work. Um, so you just see what I'm saying is the world we live in now we don't know what's real and what's smoke and mirrors uh, to the phone lines we go another Seamus Seamus good morning good morning how are you doing okay thanks for holding so um, this is um, at the end of the day the blame for the Ursa observation scam activity is the fault of Hall Martin absolutely 100%. on the name of God could Hall Martin be uh, responsible for a scam I'll tell you, I'll let, let me explain to any listeners who don't really understand what's going on here Michal Martin created the HSC 25 or whatever it was years ago. He failed to fix it in the same time period as did his colleague Leo Vratker failed to fix the HSE. They've been operating with Windows 98 I think in the year 2021 with no way updates in 20 to 25 years or thereabouts. So they failed, legally speaking, they failed to protect their own patients' data for that length of time. And as a result, 
with everything, all the other, all the other technologies moving at the speed which they have, they have been hacked. And after this hack took place, only six weeks ago or thereabouts, we've had a massive upsurge in phone calls to the general public. More than likely, you could probably say almost certainly as a result of the data that has been leaked in the dark. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you there because if it was if it was just if it was just rogue calls, they wouldn't have your name and they wouldn't have your PPS. Well, there's a huge amount of calls coming from social dep- the protection departments and other government departments and you know another department as well is like the police force effectively if you want to look at it from the eyes outside this country they'll use any angle that they have on people and the unfortunate thing is that there's so many vulnerable people who just don't you know whether it be through fear of their circumstances or whatever it may be they, they will fall short on these scams and like that poor girl that you had on the air earlier on like losing effectively your life savings like imagine if you're an elderly person as well you're even more vulnerable you're not up to date with technology and the way the system works uh, you know on the speed at which it changes four hours they kept her on the phone four hours it's it's terrible it's you know it's awful and the shame that goes with it like I I empathise with her but to be honest with you and I'll still still stand by that like you know the, the, the blame on this and they'll spin it any other way. The blame lies with a government, the parent, you know, that effectively failed to protect the patient's data. That's what they've done. And I, I know, unless we find the actual link somewhere in the dark web or somewhere to the the, the telephone network, which is highly unlikely. But the only thing you can call uh, like call right between the two uh, between the the events is that the the biggest hack that ever took place in this country took place uh, six weeks ago, and ever since then. It's common knowledge throughout the country for everybody who has a mobile phone runs a business that they have been bombarded with calls from government fake, uh, obviously government departments, and now the Gardaí, um, the pretending to be the Gardaí or pretending to, you know, it's just they're cooking up all sorts so of So the hackers them. released all of the information onto the dark web and yes, the criminal aspects did. picked up on it or bought, yeah, bought lists. Yes, and it's taken up with other entities around the, the the world. It's not just you know the hackers don't sit there; they sell on the information, make money from it, yeah. and there's other spin-off groups that use that to go and extort you again. Yeah, so and it's not a bad it's not a bad morning's work for one character wherever he is. Uh, you know, oh, ju- change out change out of twenty or whatever twenty thousand euro or whatever. You know. There's no there's no the, the world we live in now. It's just I think humans are at their worst. For, for given how progressive we, I mean, you look at the Elon Musk and all of these, you know, these billionaires using the world as their playground and like the, their own races, I suppose, <laughs> their own um, ego has to be fulfilled by uh, the, the, through a space race. <laughs> yeah, but was, so uh, why aren't you blaming the Musks or the Bezos or the Zuckerbergs or the Bill Gates them. of this I, world or indeed. I, tell you um, why I don't blame them. I blame the government. They're, they're, the government is in charge of and creates its own rules. No, but Steve Jobs and them, they're the people who created the technology to allow this turn into a wild west. Yeah, but that, that's, that's the way the world works. If, you need to, if maybe we need more people who are more savvy in this area running the country and are running certain... No, but I mean, like if you look, say, for instance, at the Zuckerbergs of this world, like where there's so much trolling and robot. bullying... Uh, <laughs> what? I think he's a robot. No, but I mean, there's so much trolling and bullying and hate in social media and he's sunning and tanning himself in his private island in the Bahamas. I know, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's the nature of the world. I mean, to be honest with you, that's it's pretty much a mantra that Michal Martin likes to live by. He likes to, you know, basically uh, tailgate the, the, the billionaires and let them run the country and that's not working. You know, like there's a reason why Scandinavian politicians, I know I'm bringing it back to something political, but a reason, there is a reason they're never in the news or we don't even know their names in most cases. is because they're actually running their countries properly. Like, No, it's because we have no, it's not. It's because we have no interest in Scandinavian news. 
if you have if you have family or friends there, you'll hear a lot more about it, you know. And there's not much to read compared to what you have here now. And what's happen, what's after happening here as a result of the hack is atrocious. I mean, it's real attack on people that are in this country. Right. And the right. blame does lie with those who are in charge. And these people have been in charge for the last twenty to thirty years, where they've been exchanging hands of power or combined, having you know, I mean, it's an atrocious combination at the moment. But they've had their hands in this for so long and failed to protect. Uh, the patient's data and as a result of that you have all of these scams coming out attacking the vulnerable people in society okay. it's very unfortunate but that's the fact and thanks Seamus as always lines open one 850 another one actually uh, overnight see text come in here somebody got an email saying your Instagram account has been compromised somebody is trying to access your Instagram account click this link don't do it. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850 104 106. And you can also email neil at redfm.ie if you have a story to share. Lots of summer songs coming in here. Just maybe a flavour of them. We'll play out one of them in a few minutes' time. Uh, Soak Up the Sun by Cheryl Crow. Mr. Blue Sky, please, boss. No, I've played Mr. Blue Sky like uh, 40 million times. Um, I'm not saying that I'll never play it again, but it's just played way too often. Don't mind them, Neil. Brilliant music, boy. Sets the tone for the good mood and the good day. That was when I played Martha Reeves and the Vandellas Heatwave. Uh, a great Heatwave song is Billy Idol's Hot in the City. Saw him at the marquee. He was outstanding, says Frank Murphy in Mayfield. DJ Jazzy and the Fresh Prince, Summertime. Uh, beautiful People, Chris Brown and Benny Benassi. Brenda, get Neil to play Martin Garrick's Summer Days or Calvin Harris' Summer Please. Might wake the old man up. Now, isn't that the most charming thing in the world to say about me? Wake the old man up. Do you think I was always this age? Huh? Summer sound of your uh, Beach Boys, I want to go home, says uh, Regina Oven, in Ovens. I want to go home. I'm not sure that's is that the name of it. Summer Sun from Texas. The Love and Spoonful, Summer in the City. Walking on Sunshine, Katrina in the Waves. Ugh, God, so much bubblegum. Mungo Jerry in the summertime. Club Tropicana be the wham. It's a good choice, the summer song. An oldie but a goodie, says Stephen Monkstown. Mungo Jerry in the summertime. I'd love to hear the song in the summertime of Mungo Jerry. What about Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville? I would love to play Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. She's rolling her eyes to heaven. And I probably would lose my head if I were to play it. As in, it would be chopped off at the neck. But it's a great song. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. I wonder if they're... You know this couple that are out on the pop in Portugal? I wonder if they're sunning themselves by the beach. Or maybe by the pool. Sipping on Margaritavilles on the pop. Uh, Mary, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Uh, very annoyed seeing a neighbour of mine and her husband living in Portugal the past few weeks. Is it okay for people to be getting the pop payment, sunning themselves, when this is deemed emergency income? Your thoughts, please. Well, it's an emergency income for people who are out of work due to the restrictions um, from the government. So um, it's not a means-tested payment. So people have been working before and they may have had savings and even if they haven't, they're entitled to do what they want with it. And look, at the end of the day, when they go back to work, it has to be repaid. So I don't really see the issue with what anyone it's does. It's a taxable payment. You're spot on there. And, and also... Do we should we also be taking into consideration their mental health? You know the fact that they yes, had sixteen months of hell, maybe. Yes, it, like this COVID has affected everyone. It's affected businesses. It's affected people financially, but also people 
mentally, like in lockdown, it's been very tough on everyone. And again, people out of work who are used to working, that's going to have an added effect. So why shouldn't they have a holiday like now that you can move about? Why not? Because the encouragement from the government and NEFET and HSC and all of them is holiday, but holiday at home. Yeah, that's all very fine, but that can be very expensive at normal times. And now a lot of places now have upped their prices and it's just crazy, like in some places, you know. Yeah. It's cheaper to holiday abroad anyway. And I understand people would maybe like to support our own country, businesses in our own country first to get back on their feet. But at the end of the day, if you need a holiday, you need a holiday. But how are they doing? How are they affording it on a pop payment? But they may have had savings beforehand, like before they went out of work from when they were doing when they being were on pop doesn't mean you're poor, you're spot on there again, yeah, yeah. no it's it's a as I said, it's a taxable payment because the government have have closed wherever you're working, they've shut down places, so you can't work, it's down to their restrictions, so this is a payment that the government are given to subsidize your wages. So they've got 700 a week, don't they, for accommodation, food and everything. Um, easily doable, well, I'd say. Well, it depends if both of them were working. I don't know their, their circumstances. Like, But but again, okay. what difference is it to, to me what, where my neighbours are going? Just let them enjoy themselves. I have enough to do. Like, people should have enough to do to mind their own finance, finances and their health and enough to do now to stay safe and there's bigger things to worry about. Nice one. Then. Thank yeah. you so much, Mary. Let, let Jennifer jump in on that. Jennifer, go ahead. Hi. Um, yeah, I just think she has too much to be worrying about um, what her neighbours are doing. Like, like ourselves, it could have been a holiday from last year that they didn't get to go on and they're on it now. Well, so, she says living it up in Portugal for the la- for the past few weeks. Is well, that longer? That's be, a lot longer than a fortnight's holiday. Well, she must be stalking them on social media. She knows that they're living it up like... What's she doing, sitting every night going through their social media pages? It's their money at the end of the day and how they spend it because they've earned it, whether they're on a put payment or not. Just because you're on social welfare doesn't mean you can't put a bit aside every week to go on a family holiday. She wants to know whether she, she wants to know whether she should report them. Who would one report them to anyway? Well, well what, what is she reporting them for, for going on a holiday? Yeah, while on Nothing. while on while on emergency income in the form of a pop payment given by the state. Yeah, but she doesn't know their financial background, what savings they have. You know, if it was a holiday from last year and they extended it, you know, she doesn't know what their but they're neither but they're are. neither they're neither waiting to go back to work nor looking for work. Well, it could be that they lost their jobs. And that they're going to look for work when the country is back up and running better. Maybe where they work, there's not a lot of employment in it. We don't know the circumstances. Like, yeah. You don't know the circumstances. Like, it's none of our business. I'm amazed, actually, because if, if, if I was running a story like this maybe five or ten years ago, people would, by and large, be raging at them. But I'm noticing a lot of support for them this morning. Yeah, but we've been through hell the last... 18 months, everyone deserves to go on a break, whether it's here or if they can get out for them, and that's their choice. Let them go out for them. And then a lot of people have had breaks that they've had to cancel and reschedule for this year. Could be a rescheduled um, holiday, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that they've extended. No, that they didn't take last yeah. year. 
Yeah, so it's just your one needs just to cop on and look look what's in her own house instead of what's going on in others. All right, let me get some. Le- okay, all right. Uh, let me get some texts on the air then on this as well. Appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Have a good day, Jennifer. Uh, text 0868104106. Here's a selection that have come in. Uh, my drone business. <laughs> some people aren't back to work yet. They've obviously worked hard probably all their lives and are on the pup because of COVID. They would surely be working otherwise. Just because they're in a position to go over there for the time being, then so be it. I feel you're just jealous. If I could have done it, I would too, says Melissa. Well, if they're there a few weeks, they're there a long time before July 19th and all the consequences of that. Anyway, I'm just, I'm just saying. Spending it on a holiday, spending it on a weekend session in the pub, what difference does it make? I'm sure they have paid their bills and have food in their house. Stop being so miserable. Get a life. Go on away and have a cold pint, says Annette Moran. Uh, mind your own business, and that's being polite. You don't know the full facts, so, you're, so don't interest yourself in something that has nothing to do with you. I feel those who cheat, abuse to get payments on pop or disability should not be entitled to such payment payments for 12 to 18 months or longer. Uh, They are just giving the two fingers to people struggling and to those who have to work to make a living. Kind regards, says Pat. I mean, some might say that technically it's still free money, even if tax is paid on it. The balance of it is given for people to not work. But if you look at that logically, um, who would want to be not working? You know, Um, I think an awful lot of people who are on pop really just don't want to be on it in the first place and want to be back at work. Because firstly, they could make substantially more money than the 300 or the 350 working. Uh, Mind your own house, lady. As long as the government have you looking at neighbours grumbling about how unfair it all is, nothing is ever going to change. More power to them in Portugal if they can escape this nonsensical nanny state. And uh, I'd say the be first thing in the morning when I come back to many more of those texts, but do keep them coming. Text 0868-104-106. Can I say um, that there is another fundraiser a GoFundMe that's running at the moment. You remember my conversation with Bobby Lynch last week? Bobby had his foot amputated, his leg amputated just below the knee. Came as an awful shock to him. It all happened so, so quickly. Uh, and he is now in a wheelchair and the house has to be, um, the house has to be revamped and made wheelchair friendly. Um, and he has to get his old life back and he has to get strong mentally and physically. And the idea is to help him to adapt the house to organise to get a, an automatic car so he can get back driving taxis and doing the things that he loves. So that's the idea behind the fundraiser and he's a wonderful guy. He's been helping people all his life. So that Bobby Lynch fundraiser is continuing on uh, GoFundMe if you would like to contribute any little amount of money that you can. And I was asked please to mention that all of the money paid for treatments or haircuts at JFM, that's just for men, on Anglesey Street today, all of that money <coughs> will be donated to the Bobby Lynch GoFundMe. So that's today. I'm happy to pass that on. If you're in the market for a treatment or a haircut or a bazaar, JFM on Anglesey Street, all of the money donated today goes to the Bobby Lynch GoFundMe. Uh, anyone, all money paid for treatments or haircuts today, the Bobby Lynch GoFundMe. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Okay, before I finish today, I want to tell you a little bit in a couple of minutes' time about Winnegaff. We did this last year for a beautiful home in Aylesbury and Ballinlock. Well, Winnegaff is back again this year. It's Douglas GAA, St. James's GAA down in Artfield outside Clonakilty and from Moy GAA. And you could win yourself a brand new three-bedroom Semi D, A rated home. 
down Clonakilty Way and what a beautiful place to live. Now, tickets for the draw crossed 100 and I'll tell you more about that in about three minutes' time. But first up, I will come back to this in the morning, I promise you. Andreas, good morning. How are you? Um, just on the Portugal trip, uh, you're going to be the last call on this. What are your thoughts on it? Sunning, what did she say? Sunning it up in Portugal for the last few weeks on a pub payment. Yeah, so why not? I mean, you don't have to be, like, people didn't lose the job. That's, that's the government kind of, you know, don't allow them to work. I mean, they didn't lose the job. You don't have to look for a job. You what, know but, I mean? but wait a second. What if, for instance, their job is open and the business is open, but they won't go back to work? Yeah, but we don't know that. But what if? Yeah, but what, like a lot of people there are sitting on the halls like all the time. You know what I mean? Didn't work for their life, and that that's nothing to do with them. You know what I mean? I mean, a lot of a lot of businesses did open, and a lot of people there like uh, like restaurants, and everybody's looking for for people, and they don't come back. So what about them? But okay, so what about those that won't go back into a restaurant or a pub and they are happy to sit at home doing nothing? Yeah, but I mean, that, that, that's not... Like, if the people can abuse the system, they will abuse it. I mean, if there is no control whatsoever, like, who is controlling the pub? No one. I mean, who is checking them? No one. No, but the question I, is, is it right that somebody, in this case a couple, I, who's... On I don't think pay- there is a problem in that, you know what I mean? Okay. Because we don't know are they don't returning to work for willingly or the business is still closed. I mean, a lot of the restaurants and, and pubs did not open yet. So the businesses are still closed. So they could be planning to come back, say, for instance. They the, could. They yeah. could. They, they're going, they, like, they have spare time now and they can spend the money and the time in different country. There's no problem in that. But should I mean, they not be no spending place. the pup in their own country, helping their own businesses? Yeah, but, you, but we don't know. Maybe maybe they are in their own country. Maybe, they're, mean, Port- maybe, maybe, maybe they're Portuguese. Is this? Maybe. maybe. You, we don't know. We don't know. Maybe they they have life in here, but maybe the parents are down there. Okay. Or maybe the family are there, down there. It's a, it's a lot of kind of, you know, uncertainty in there. Well, let, so let the emailer come back to me, having heard our calls and our texts and comments this morning. Perhaps she'll come back and uh, let me know what she thinks of the response. By and large, people are saying, mind your own business. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, uh, I don't see any problem because the people people are not tied with poop in this country. They can spend wherever they like, you know, and they can take as a holiday before they start the business, if the business will open after. So if the business is open after that and they be. spend all their savings, they have to save it again. They, so they could be taking out. their holidays before they go back to work. They exactly. also could be taking because the holiday that was deferred from last year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And right. I mean, the, the the savings that they're spending now, they, they are, that needs to be top up again. So they will not be able to take the holidays maybe for next year or two. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, thanks, Andreas. Cheers. Uh, all this and lots more besides tomorrow morning. And if there's any updates with regards to Christina and her situation regarding all of that money that was scammed, I will come back to it as well. Um, but this time last year, we were all mad keen to talk up the... Uh, First win a gaff that I came across, certainly been done by, uh, by Douglas GAA. I went down and I did the draw for them. It was for a fantastic home in a beautiful place, Aylesbury in Ballinlock. This year's Winnegaff is down in the most beautiful part of West Cork, down around Clonakilty. Um, so I want to tell you a little bit more of that. And with that in mind, Aidan O'Connor uh, from Douglas GAA joins me. He's the chairman of Douglas GA. Aidan, good morning. 
morning, Neil. How are you? I'm grand, pal. I'm grand. So you've teamed up with Ardfield and Formoy GA, St. James and Formoy. Tell us a little bit about the house. Well, the house, Neil, beautiful house, worth uh, 300,000 on the western side of Connacilty. And like I say, it's absolutely beautiful, modern, A-rated house. You know, what a start, what a price for somebody, life changer. A-rated is top of the tree when it comes to you, when it comes to light, heat and everything like that and insulation, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and has charging ports for electric cars, you know, <laughs> all the mod cons. Probably has that air-to-heat system, does it? Yes. Yeah. I love one of yeah. them. Okay, that's an eight-minute drive to the Blue Flag Beach of Inchidoni, Long Strand, and the walks of Castle Freak. So you got me sold on this. So tickets yes. are what a hundred? Tickets are one hundred euro at winnegaff.ie. And as I say, like even we'll say you take the second prize. We'll say it's fantastic prize of forty-two thousand euro worth of a Toyota CHR. You know, you'd be thrilled with that. Oh, that's the so, hybrid Luna, isn't it? Yes, beautiful wow, car. Wow. And there's 5,000 euro as well, Neil. So, I mean, obviously they're fantastic prices. But as I said, the, how will I say, top price of the house is, that's a game changer for somebody. And somebody will come out in November like they did the last time, Neil. <laughs> Some lucky winner will come out. And with the ticket at 100 euro, have you capped the amount of tickets that the clubs can sell? Well, the max will say, if we max out, it's 10,000 tickets. Did you max out last year? We maxed out at 9,000. Would you believe it, Neil? On a, we were closing on a Sunday at 12, and we maxed out at 2 p.m. on that Sunday. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible, incredible altogether? Yeah, that's incredible. So 10,000 tickets at 100 each. The draw is November. How do people buy a ticket? It's totally online, Neil, at winnegaff.ie. And when you buy your ticket, you will be sent a confirmation email and receipt. And, uh, and is it one person, one ticket, or can people chip in and stuff like that? Well, I suppose for the purpose, if you won the house, it would probably be better to have one name. On <laughs> have ticket, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because we don't want any trouble down the line. Oh, and you've got yeah. uh, your buddy moving in with You're you. You're smarter you know than me. I should have thought that, of course. <laughs> well, yeah. like, you don't want to be sharing the ticket with two mates and then the three of you <laughs> win the house. God no, almighty. And no one refusing to budge a uh, standoff. And you're, and you're caught in the middle with the keys. Who do I give them to? <laughs> Very good. Okay, so we now know what's going on. What will you guys do with the money? How much do you expect well, to raise? Substantially oh, more than the 300 grand, I'd say. Um, oh, we would. Like, by the time the expenses, you know, with marketing, we'll say we started marketing with Red FM. We'd put a lot of money into marketing, cover the prizes. Put it like this, Neil. We would hope, if you max out, we'll send it each of the clubs. Uh, a ballpark will say make 170, 180,000 each. That's fantastic. What will you use that money for then? Well, I'll tell you, Neil, late, uh, recently here now within our own club, we've just embarked on a three year plan just improving across all our facilities, across everything. And we'll say this is the first fundraiser towards that. We need enough more than that to improve the facilities, but it's across the board in facilities here because even only for small kids, we're busting at the seams. And you were quiet and, and shut for long enough, weren't you? We yeah. were. We were. And we're still shut. Well, how will I say? We're back in the pitch. 
but we are doing a bit of work here at the moment, so gotcha. as such, okay. our facilities are closed. You okay. know, but okay. that's our goal, Neil, to improve the facilities here, the same as the other two clubs, and mainly it's for the good of the kids that are coming behind us. Listen, we'll drive it on in the coming months. Don't you worry about that. I'll drive it on. If anybody wants to buy a ticket, it's a hundred euro. Second prize is the Toyota Hybrid, with in association with the Lehan Motors. Third prize is the five grand. There's ten thousand maximum tickets, and you can buy a ticket at uh, Winnegaff.ie. Anything else we need to do for now? Bad on. Absolutely not, Neil. We're getting the message out there as much as we can. Well That's done. What we're doing. Take care of yourself, Adrian. Yeah. Or Aiden, I should thank say. Very, Appreciate yeah, taking the call. Thank you very much for your time, Neil. Winnegaff.ie. Go check it out for yourself. You have as good a chance as anybody else. A summer song, yeah? Decided to keep it local and get back to a bit of roguery uh, tomorrow with regards to the songs that I choose. Cork Band, Fire and Water. That's Cork talent for you. That's what I'm talking about. Fire and water and heat wave. I love you and leave you for the day that's entered. Enjoy the weather. The digital cert helplines, because uh, people are asking. They really are. 1-800-85-1504. 1-800-85-1504. And 1-800-8070-8. one 800 807 Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.